Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the season finale of Something About Sports Before, because next week we are hitting you with Are You Ready for Some Football? But until then, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. I am Roger Sierra. And we, uh, it comes all down to this, 19-1, to the greatest NFL players in the history of football, according to ClutchPoints.com. Now, we've talked about a lot of great players over the past couple of weeks. Well, now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, the ones that everyone, it, when, we, when you talk about the greatest of all time, these names come up in about 90 to 95% of all lists. Um, give or take who you talk to and depending on if there's recency bias or, you know, fan loyalty or whatever. That being said, though, let's not waste any more time. Let's kick it off at number 19. Uh, which one do you guys want to take this one? I got it. Uh, All right. Number 19, we're going to talk about Anthony uh, Munoz. He uh, played left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals from 1980 to 1992. Uh, he, he also played for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but, uh, he didn't make the 53 man roster. He was on the practice squad in 93. Um, so his accolades include the Walter Payton man of the year in 91. He's a nine time first team, all pro a second or two times second team, all pro. He made the pro bowl 11 times, uh, straight 11 times straight from 1981 to 1991 um he made the 1980s all decade team the nfl 75th anniversary all team the nfl 100th anniversary all-time team he's uh in the cincinnati bengals ring of honor uh he played a total of 185 games and started 182 of those games uh, he is also double check. No, okay. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say he, uh, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's not. Yeah, he was. He he got, he was. Uh, he went in in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Mm, not according to his Wikipedia page, he is not a Hall of it, Famer. It. What are you talking about? It shows it right there under career under career NFL statistics, player stats at NFL.com, and then right underneath it is Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let me triple check this. Yeah, I was gonna say if you Yeah, Hall of He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in nineteen ninety eight. It's yeah, in the opening blurb of his Wikipedia page. Okay, that's that's interesting because it's, <laughs> it's it's literally not under his um, highlights and awards. Yeah, it, it's it's literally not. No, no, I, no I, I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. anytime you see that yellow line in the uh, in in the in the little uh, legend on the right hand side, if it's got the Pro Football Hall of Fame a little uh, ellipses thing at the end of it. That's normally what it, yeah, because it takes you when you click on it, it takes you straight to his uh, Hall of Fame page on NFL uh, Hall of Fame dot com or whatever. But anyway, uh, nevertheless, so I digress. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the offensive line needs more respect. They'll never get it, of course. But without a decent line, all the talent in the world wouldn't be able to generate a quality offense. Take Munoz, for example. There's a reason why 
the Bengals' only two AFC titles came under his tenure and why neither of his quarterbacks at the time are in the Hall of Fame with him. And yet one of them uh, was an MVP and Munoz is largely, largely forgotten in NFL history. Uh, they really downplayed this man to yeah, I know, at, right? <laughs> at 19. Yeah, I mean, you can't say that he's largely forgotten in NFL history, yet you're ranking him in the top 20 of greatest players in the history of the game. I mean, for the longest, I mean, because when you, when you think of the greatest offensive lineman in the history of the game, he's normally the first name that pops in your head, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was offensive lineman of the year in 81 and 88. He was... Uh, awarded the NFL Players Association Lineman of the Year honors in 81, 85, 88, and 89. The NFL Alumni Association voted uh, Munoz the Offensive Lineman of the Year four times, 87, 89, 90, and 91. He won the Seagram Seven Crowns of Sports Award for Offensive Lineman in 81 and 86. And at the time of his retirement, his Pro Bowl selections were tied with Tom Mack for the most ever by an offensive lineman in league history and also set the Bengals franchise record as well. And then in 94, Munoz was named to the uh, NFL 75th anniversary all-time team. In 99, he was ranked number 17 on sporting news list of the 100 greatest football players and was the highest ranked offensive lineman. Uh, and then, according to NFL Network's Top 100 Greatest Players uh, in 2010, he was ranked 12. Once again, the highest-ranked offensive lineman. Even on this list, he's the only lineman in their top 40. Offensive lineman in the top 40. It, yeah, so... So, I, I don't mean, even get that, that statement. Like, Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. Uh, like, they, they really tried to downgrade this man while putting him in the top 20. Uh, so for that, clutchpoints.com is uh, their ass backwards. Very ass backwards. <laughs> like it, may, it, it literally, literally makes zero sense why you would say, oh, well, you know, he's, he's, he's largely forgotten. I would make the case that he is very well received as, you know, a – one of the greatest of all time. And also he does have a little bit more, you know, from 94 to 95, he started as a color commentator for Fox sports NFL telecast. So people know his face and things of that nature. And, you know, he, right. he definitely has, you know, he definitely has a bit of charisma. He did, you know, he did uh, a couple of movies, you know, he did uh, a, a movie called borderline in 1980. And he was also in the right stuff. Um, the Academy Award uh, for Best Pic- uh, that was, it was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards in 83. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, for, for him to be, to still be considered, which, I mean, if you, if you look at any list, um, they, with, Anthony Munoz is definitely going to be within the top 20. Um, some, hell, some people might even have him in the top 10, you know, um, Top five might be pushing it, but I mean, I would definitely say he's a he's a top twenty player of all time. Absolutely, right. You got anything, Roger? 
You know, I mean, it just like we t- said before, it doesn't make sense how they were just sort of like slide dissing him while trying to also not diss him. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense. They hit they hit you with that slick shit. <laughs> yeah, like you know, oh, he's he's in the top twenty, but people don't really remember him. Like, get out of yeah. here. Yeah, uh, but apparently it was good enough for you to remember him. So I mean, what the fuck, right? But anyway, so yeah, so we're gonna move on to the very next one. Um, at number eighteen, uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. The the reason this man is the reason why I am a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, quarterback Dan Marino. Um, oh, did you want to say Jay Cutler? Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, so a couple of career highlights for um, Mr. Marino. Um, of course, he played from he played from the years 1983 to 1999. The only team he played for was the Miami Dolphins. He was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2005. He was an NFL MVP, an Offensive Player of the Year. He was a Comeback Player of the Year in 1994. He was the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner in 98. Three first team all, uh, all three first team all pros, three second team all pros, nine Pro Bowls, five NFL passing yards, five times NFL passing yards leader, three times NFL touchdowns leader, NFL and NF, uh, the NFL's uh, pass rating leader in 1984, named to the 100th anniversary All Pro team. Uh, the Miami Dolphins number 13 jersey is retired. He is also in Miami Dolphins uh, honor roll. Also the Burt Bell Award winner. Um, was first team All-American and his number 13 is also retired by the Pittsburgh Panthers, um, the college team Pitt. Um, he ended his career with um, 420 touchdowns to 252 interceptions with 61,361 total passing yards and a passer rating of 86.4 with a completion percentage of 59.4. Um if you haven't already noticed, one one team players, particularly one team quarterbacks, are given special attention on this list. You'll see a few more of these before this list is through, however. Um, as for Marino, again, he never won a title, but his iconic, uh, but his iconography on the Dolphins is second to none, and he was the eminent stat gobbler of the time. At the time, stat gobbler? Why the fuck? Okay. At the time of his retirement. gobbler. Exactly. At the time of his retirement, Marino ha- held, has held over 40 total NFL records. You'll see those record break. You'll see those record breakers later on the list and was the first quarterback to ever surpass both the 50 and 60,000 yard passing yards threshold and 400 touchdown mark. Um, yeah, I would I would say personally. It's one a one B between him and Warren Moon as the two greatest quarterbacks to never win a championship. Um, Drew, uh, yeah. Say what? Who were you going to say? No, I was like, I was like, yeah, but true. Yeah. I think, I, for yeah, me, it's yeah, 1A, no. 1B between him and Warren Moon. Yeah, it's, I, I was trying to say, but like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some people throw Phillip Rivers into that conversation as well, but Phillip, even, even, even with his statistics, his statistics aren't as good as Marino's or Moon's. So, anyway. So what do y'all think about Dan Marino at number 18? Maybe Donovan McNabb also, actually. Yeah, McNabb, yeah. I would say McNabb, Maybe. too. What do you say, Chip? Um. Mm. 
Just say it. You ain't gonna hurt my feelings. Just say it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, it's, it's, it's. I, I, I would. I, I would add Steve McNair to that list of yeah, Mc, yeah okay, you know, yeah, McNair of, too, of yeah. great players that that never won a Super Bowl, or great quarterbacks that never won a Super Bowl. Um, if we're just talking that, uh, but I, I like I like Dan Marino. Uh, you know, at, if he would have kept the laces out, they would have won. Right? right, laces out. <laughs> Fuck you, uh, Finkel. <laughs> so many people will not know what we're talking about, but oh no. no, they won't. I'm wondering if he's. Uh, once we get to to number one, I'm wondering if Dan Marino may be just a little low on this list. Uh, I think maybe the, he should be a little higher. I think the fact that he doesn't have a Super Bowl is what put him at this part of the list. Yeah. Right. You el- yeah, he's elevated because of his statistics, but then you also have to bring him back like, uh, you know, as good as your statistics are, you don't really have the the accolades to show for it. You know, you don't really have the championships. I mean, yeah, you got an MVP out of the deal, Offensive Player of the Year, you were Comeback Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, but where's that championship? Where's the championship that you, you being, and because, I mean, let's be completely honest, you can make a good case maybe – because there's, there's always um, – did you guys ever watch that 30 for 30 documentary about um, Marino to Elway? Did you guys ever check out that uh, no. documentary? That's the draft mm-hmm. one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a dra- It was it was for the 83 draft. I never watched it, but I know about it. Yeah, it was it was an interesting documentary. Um, it was it was like that movie Draft Day, only it was real. Um, uh, first of all, that movie was real because the Browns <laughs> had the first pick. Well, that's true. <laughs> Well, nowadays it would be the Jets or the Jags, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, for, for I mean, I, I think a lot of people could say that Dan Marino at one point was the best quarterback in the game. Um, but even though he was playing with Elway and Montana was still doing his thing with the 49ers and, um, you know, Troy Aikman had his success, you know, with Dallas. Um, you know, Marino was still putting up the big numbers, but you know, he never, he just never got to the championship. He never. Well, he always played. The title. He always played on a team with a shitty defense. Um, first thing. Yeah. Uh, and we second, all know defense wins championships. Correct. Right. Um, secondly, he never really had great weapons. Uh. Or a really great uh, O line, uh, and you know, like we just previously talked, uh, without an O line to cover you, uh, so you can you know make the plays or the playmakers to um, be there on your offense, then you know you can have the greatest statistics in the world. You know, you can have you know, 80,000 passing yards, but, you know, if, if your receivers and running backs aren't getting into the end zone and your defense isn't stopping the other team from scoring, it, it doesn't matter. Exactly. You're, are I you mean, talking about Marino or are you talking about the NFC East? Oh, damn. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Am I, I mean, wrong? No, no, you're not <laughs> yeah, wrong, but yeah. It just, it just, it just so happens that, like, if you go back and you look at um, Super Bowl nineteen, 
when Marino actually made it to the Super Bowl, uh, that's when they got washed by uh, the San Francisco 49ers with Joe Montana, um, uh, 38 to 16. Uh, this was back in uh, January of 80. This was back in January of 85. Um, the game in and of itself, I mean, I would say probably his best weapons at this time was Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. Clayton had six receptions for 92 yards. Mark Duper only had one reception for 11 yards. Meanwhile, Joe Montana on the other side of the field had Dwight Clark. He had, um, uh, see, Roger Craig actually uh, not only ran for 58 yards and a touchdown, but he also uh, had seven receptions for 77 yards and two touchdowns in receiving. So Roger Craig definitely had his probably his best game of his life in this particular Super Bowl. So, <coughs> excuse me. But nevertheless, so we go from an unbelievable quarterback to probably in a lot of people's eyes, one of the best, if not the best cornerback in the history of the game. Roger, you got it. Yeah. Not, not to me, not in my opinion, but, but right. Well, but, we all know you're a Champ Bailey guy, so I, exactly. it's cool. Yeah. But go ahead. Um, but next up is Neon Dion, Primetime. Um, what other nicknames did he have? Prime. Yep. Oh, he had a shit ton uh, of nicknames. Yeah, he did. I think he made them all up and just somehow made them stick, which all is right. – I don't know how he was in. He, he was in. He was in MC Hammer's Pumps in a Bump video. Like, it was – But uh, so Deion Sanders uh, – Played cornerback from uh, nineteen eighty nine to two thousand, then came back from two thousand four to two thousand five. Um, played for the Falcons, the Forty ers the Cowboys, the Redskins, which I actually forgot, and then the Ravens. Um, he's a two time Super Bowl champion, back to back, Defensive Player of the Year, a six time First Team All Pro, an eight time Pro Bowler. Uh, he also was a major league baseball player, um, the only player in history to play in a uh, World Series and a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Well, played, I, I was going to say real quick, one thing that uh, you said he played for the Redskins and the Ravens. Uh, don't forget, there was a four-year hiatus between the Redskins and uh, the Ravens. The Ravens, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Like, like I said, I didn't think he played. I thought it was the Cowboys until 2000, and then he played. Uh, he came, he left, and then came back in 2004 for the Ravens. I literally didn't remember the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the Redskins. Right. Uh, well, um, he was also inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the College Football Hall of Fame in 2011. Um, he is now the head coach for uh, Jackson State. Uh, they went four and three to the last season, so I mean he's not doing bad, right? Um, but back to him, he is probably known as the one of the greatest trainermen in NFL history. Um, Dion is more known for his multi-dimensional athleticism. Um, during his NFL career, Sanders uh, put in nine seasons total in the MLB. Um, he played. Oh, I forgot. He played for the Yankees, the Braves, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, and the San Francisco Giants. Um, like I said before, he played. Uh, he went and won two Super Bowls back to back. One for uh, Super Bowl twenty nine with the Forty ers and Super Bowl thirty with the Cowboys. Um, 
how lucky can you be? Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, but no, um, he's he's a very he was like the original. I'm not gonna say diva or like he was the original like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the original showman, showman, showman. <laughs> I think that's the word. I don't know. I feel like there's another word, but let's go with showman. I don't know what word exactly I'm trying to pick. Uh, but yes. Um, I mean, primetime Dion, um, obviously coming from Florida State University, so they had swag down there. It wasn't exactly to you, but, you know, they try to copy that. Of, uh, of course, because that's what Florida State does. In, in mind. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, it, like we said before, he's a uh, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Uh two Super Bowls. He was also a kick and punt returner. Um, right. I'm trying to remember. He, his career, he had a total of 53 interceptions, which is in like the top five, isn't it? can't remember. Uh, I haven't tried to look up stats without already knowing them ahead of time. <laughs> right. Uh, well, while you're looking that up, we can talk about his uh, MLB stats real quick since he played uh, Major League Baseball right alongside playing in the NFL uh, for most of his career. Uh, he had a .263 batting average. He hit 39 home runs, had uh, 168 runs batted in, and 186 stolen bases. That's actually a pretty good statistic um for somebody you know 186 i mean 186 total i mean is is okay is good um but i mean yeah i'm I'm trying to find the stolen base leaders i wonder if uh yeah, stolen base percentage yeah that, that's a different thing um with a with 300 minimum attempts uh carlos beltran actually holds the record for highest stolen base percentage with point uh uh Basically eighty, basically eighty six percent, um, with Tim Raines coming in at eighty four percent, right? And they showed the actual statistic on the side of stolen bases and things of that nature. But you know, I'm trying to find out like what would be the average because. So he's right outside. He's like number twenty two on the list, actually. Okay, um, but he also has uh. Uh, during his career, uh, he intercepted 53 passes for a hundred for 1,331 yards. Um, so that's about an average of 25 yards per return. Um, he recovered four fumbles for 15 yards. He returned 155 kickoffs for 3,523 yards. He gained uh, 2,199 yards on 212 punts. He caught 60 passes for 784 uh, yards. He amassed a total of 7,000. 838 all-purpose yards and scored 22 touchdowns. Uh, he had nine interception returns, six punt returns, three kickoff returns, three receiving touchdowns, and one full recovery. Um, he had 19 defensive and return touchdowns, and it was a record until um, the best return of all time, Devin Hester, uh, passed him. You said Dante Hall wrong. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding. That's what I said. I know. Um, <laughs> but in the postseason, he does have, uh, he added five more interceptions, um, 
as well as three more receptions for 95 yards. He did also carry it four times for 39 yards, and he had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. So no defensive touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So how, how are you guys feeling about um, Dion there? I mean, Dion. I can see why I've seen people, some people put him out there, but like we know who yeah. my favorite is. So. Right. I'm still, like as far as corners go, I think he's one of the best corners that, that's ever played the game. Um, there's, there's a certain name, there's a certain defensive uh, back that I'm hoping is on the list, but we will certainly see if he's up there. Um, that being thinking. said, I was thinking Ronnie Lott. I want to say he's on the list. I haven't scored. Oh, he'll definitely be up there. Uh, right. He should be because he's yeah. in like top ten for interceptions. So he definitely has to be up there. Right. right. Absolutely. Um, that being said, though, let's move on to Dion. Let's move on from Dion Sanders <laughs> to another Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Uh, All right, number six. Did you say Bernie Sanders? <laughs> he sure the fuck did. Oh my god. He sure in the fuck. I thought you was gonna. Bernie. I thought you. I thought you were gonna give your boy. Uh, <laughs> I thought you was gonna give your boy Warren Sanders a shout out. Hey, oh, we ain't talking about Mister Big here. Time. Big yeah. Time, Mister Big Time himself. All right. Yeah. So shout out to gonna, you, Warren. All right. Go we're ahead, we're Go ahead. going to uh, bump over to number sixteen. Running back Barry Sanders. He was active from 1989 to 1998, and he played for the Detroit Lions only. You mean he was wasted? Well, that's true. That is true. Um, he is a 1997 NFL MVP, 94-97 uh, Offensive Player of the Year, 89 Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's a six-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro. He made 10 Pro Bowls straight from 89 to 98. He's a four-time, count that, four, four-time NFL rushing yards leader. He's a one-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader. He is part of the 2,000-yard club. He was elected to the 1990s All-Decade Team. He was elected to the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. Uh, his number 20 for the Detroit Lions is uh, retired. He is a two-time Burt Bell Award winner. Mm, excuse me. He is part of the Pride of the Lions, which is the Detroit Lions Hall ring. of Fame. Yeah, the Ring Hall of Fame thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he ended his career with 15,269 yards rushing, uh an average of 5 yards per carry with 99 rushing touchdowns, 352 receptions, 2,921 receiving yards and 10 receiving touchdowns. He was also elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, in 97, he was the uh, third player to ever rush for 2,000 yards. Um, he, uh, 
So he is considered by many to be the greatest player to never compete in a Super Bowl. Uh, so, so this this even goes beyond greatest player to never win. This is he never even competed in the Super Bowl, and they're listing him as one of the greatest to do that. Yeah. Uh, that was but a very shit ton of yeah. Yeah, but Barry Sanders is nonetheless still counted among the greatest running backs of all times. His name is synonymous with speed, footwork, and quickness, and he is rightfully cited as a high comp for every smaller back with turbo jets in the league, such as Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. He is the first time, uh, first NFL player to ever log 10 straight 1,000 rushing yard seasons and he simply just couldn't be tackled. Yeah, um, Barry Sanders was a monster. Um, a whole lot of people. Um, there was, if I'm not mistaken, he was, okay, because this is right here. It says, still seemingly in his prime, Sanders unexpectedly retired from football after the 98 season, only 1,457 yards short of breaking the NFL's all-time rushing record. Um a lot of people would say, "Oh, well, he was receiving death threats, or you know, he, you know, he had he oh, he had a hip problem that they didn't really want to know about. They wanted to keep it all quiet and hush hush." Um, so, regardless of whatever the reasoning was, um, I mean, you you think to yourself because he played. We'll see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. nine he played seasons. nine seasons. Could you imagine what would have happened? If no, let's, if you include the ninety eight one two three four five six seven no that's ten seasons if you include the that the eighty nine season it was ten seasons, um but if you think man if he'd have kept going if he'd have said if he'd have if he'd have just kept on and if he didn't decide to hit break he would have probably broke that record like the next year or so like if had he not retired at such a young age he could have. He could have ran away with the record and couldn't nobody do anything about it. Uh, mm. I, I could see that. Possibly if he didn't get injured. Yeah. Yeah. The hip. The hip was it was a hip dysplasia. Was that it? Yeah, more like tired of the Detroit Lions dysplasia. <laughs> yeah, because they I mean, really did. They didn't have. They didn't have anybody on that team when Barry Sanders was. Nope, he didn't have any quarterback. They had offensive line, though. Right. That's about I'm it. Try, I'm trying to think that 89. Uh, they didn't have nothing for him. Not nada. They literally proved it by the fact that they never even went to the Super Bowl with him. Right. They I had, don't know how far they uh, did they ever go. They did obviously go to the playoffs, right? With him. I, uh, I mean, I'm sure they went to the playoffs. I, I doubt that they. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they would have been competing with the the Bears in the '80s, or I guess the '90 Bears, which weren't that bad. Uh, okay. The Packers in the '90s, in uh, the Vikings of the '90s. So I mean, all right. So all right. So <laughs> for okay. So 1989 was when Barry Sanders was drafted to the Lions. Mm-hmm. They went seven and nine that year and came in third place in the Central. The so year after that, there. the year after that was six and ten. They didn't go there. Uh, now the, now, he, now he the made year the playoff. That, he made the playoff right. five times. 
Okay, uh, there you go. 91, 93, 94, 95, and 97. Yeah. Five they times. lost. Yeah, they, they lost in the NFC championship game to the um, Washington football team in 91. The, um, the 1991 Washington football team. Sure. That's I'm, not trying their name. Be, I'm trying <laughs> to be politically correct here. Um, well, when I, mean, I already when said that never. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. So did name, I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but that, yeah, but that, but that, 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 that '91 team. It had Mark Ripken. It had, uh, you know, Gerald Riggs, yeah, uh, Art Ripken. Monk. It had Cal Ripken. <laughs> the fuck are you talking? All right, <laughs> but nevertheless. So let's get back to this. So yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so they didn't make. They made the playoffs half his career. Right. Right. He sounds like a Megatron there. Yeah. Honestly, I think Barry Sanders got to more playoff games than Megatron did, he did. to be honest. He did. Megatron was did. also wasted. There's a lot of good players that got wasted in Detroit. Or they realized that they seen the writing on the wall and they just like, yeah, fuck this, I'm leaving. Or I want traded. I want to get out of this place. You know? But I don't think it's necessarily like the players aren't executing whatever. I just think it's the... the the personnel and the people running the organization, you know, are the ones who, you know, just don't give a shit really, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's literally owned by the Ford family. So, you know, yeah, but I'm more concerned of putting out the brand new, uh, you know, four by fours and shit, you know, but if they were smart, they would want a team to win to even get their brand to look even better. Right, you would think they've only—I mean—they've only appeared in the playoffs twenty-one times, and they have never appeared in the Super Bowl. I mean, they had NFL championships pre-merger, at you know, in nineteen thirty-five, fifty-two, fifty-three, and fifty-seven, but that was you know way before the Super Bowl era, literally before people were athletes. Right. Yeah, I mean, the guy who could, you know, smoke a pack of cools before he gets on the bus to drive to, you know, whatever stadium is in his he local smoking, town. He was smoking cools on the bus. Yeah, <laughs> probably. He was smoking cools on the field. <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> I mean, in the then, huddle. <laughs> back then, you got to remember, they, they had to work and then they had to go play. Right. <laughs> so this motherfucker was coming off his job cleaning some office, smoking the cools. And he was suiting up, and they're like, hey, you can't smoke out here. And he's like, you don't pay me enough to give a fuck. Right? <laughs> right. He's like, right. suck my dick that slow. Damn. <laughs> that took a dark <laughs> turn very quickly. <laughs> All right. So, do we agree Barry Sanders definitely deserves to be in the top 20? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of, of Megatron, <laughs> he only made the postseason twice. Wow. Uh, wow. 2011 and 2014. Bring him back. Just put him on the put him on the Bucks or the Chiefs at this point, right? Just just right. give him that, <laughs> like, right? If give they can a, make give Antonio him a Brown, consolation, yeah. like they can make it bring back Antonio Brown, who's over here fist fighting his own teammates. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> he literally got kicked out of the practice for it. And Tom Brady over there shaking his head, like, how come we can't have this? This is why we can't have nice things. He's like, that's why I, he's like, that's why I don't like them on my team. <laughs> right? 
No, the fuck you didn't. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What did he say? I, I missed no, it. What no happened? Fuck you didn't. What did and you say? Her, and Tyler Lee said, right? <laughs> I mean, I jumped and said, right, and didn't even know what he said. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a great episode. <laughs> I, I said... I said, Tom Brady's like, that's why I don't like them on my team. And you just like, right? <laughs> I was agreeing with you. <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. All right. And by so them, I mean former Steeler players. I know. I know. I know. I know. God. You're going to hell in every religion. But anyway. We're definitely getting a message on that one. <laughs> um. Talon, I heard you say, yeah, like, I just Talon, said it. <laughs> Talon, what, what were you agreeing with at this time, sir? Because he didn't I have no, it. I have no clue. <laughs> I was picking at the scab on my leg. I didn't even pay attention anyway. We'll just Talon, cut this whole, we'll, we'll just cut this whole part out. <laughs> no, no, no. That's staying. That's staying. Oh, well. I, I, I like how Roger said some fucked up shit and then I get blamed for it. What the fuck? <laughs> you literally just like, you yeah. agreed with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny because like, you literally weren't paying attention and you agreed with it. Not even knowing what, what the preference of it was. Oh, God in heaven. All right. Well, let's move on from there before, I, before the angry mob comes after me for no reason. All right, so we're going to move on to the next one. The next one we're going to talk about is one of the best uh, linebackers to ever play the game, middle linebackers. That is at number 15, Ray Lewis. Um, His years active was 1996 to 2012, played with only one team, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, He is a Hall of Famer, inducted in uh, 2018, two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, one-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, seven-time first uh, team all pro three time second team all pro and a 13 time pro bowler nostalgia oh, wait, you makes... forgot one you forgot what I forget? one what if forget? Well, yeah damn it you took it from me you took it from me <laughs> and one and one be- and one beaten murder ca- dude oh, you took it from me <laughs> y'all gonna throw dirt on this man man all right <laughs> I love how we both were thinking the exact same thing. Uh, oh God! <laughs> Fucking wrong with you. Okay, all right. right. Can I con- can I continue? <laughs> can I continue? <laughs> Please feel free to continue. Can I continue? Okay. Nostalgia makes it tempting to have Ray Lewis lower on this list, but this is by this is as far as he can reasonably slip before we can start talking about bias towards the past. Lewis is the first NFL player on this list in a while to have at least one Super Bowl win under his belt, and he was the leader of both championship squads. Just like Dick Butkus, Lewis is iconic and the undisputed GOAT of his team. The only difference is that he won more. Ray Lewis is the second greatest linebacker of all time, and the greatest of his era. I'm assuming that we're going to get to who the best linebacker is later on in the list, which I already know who the best linebacker of all time is, but we'll get to that later. Um, so Ray Lewis sitting at 15. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, I ain't mad about it. I'm not either. <laughs> 
uh, I, I mean, I will say that, you know, that, that 2000s Raven defense was, was probably the the greatest or one of the the greatest defenses ever. Right. You know. Yeah. I so. mean, he's got he's got 2059 tackles, 41.5 sacks, 67 pass deflections, 31 interceptions, 17 forced fumbles, 20 fumble recoveries and three defensive touchdowns. He actually holds three NFL records, most career combined tackles with 2000, 2059, most career solo tackles tackles with 1568 and most solo tackles in a season which was 156. Um so yeah. Pretty uh yeah because it says that the you know cuz he was the first uh Entering, but the Baltimore Ravens in their inaugural season selected Ray Lewis 26th overall in the first round of the 96 draft. And Lewis was the Ravens' second ever uh, pick after offensive lineman Jonathan Ogden, who is also another great offensive tackle that hardly anybody talks about. But yeah, I'm trying to actually look and see about this murder case. Where did it? Okay, here it is. Uh, following the Super Bowl party in Atlanta. In January of 2000, a fight broke out between Lewis and his companions and another group of people. Uh, let's stick to football. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, let's go into it, sir. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, right, the Ravens' crisis management around Lewis's murder trial was revisited by former head coach Brian Billick, by then a media analyst after the 2013 arrest of Aaron Hernandez and his swift release by the New England Patriots. Oh, wow. We brought up that man's name in here too. Holy shit! Yeah, keep <clears throat> reading. Go ahead. Now that, 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 that was the end of the, that was the end of the sentence. Oh no, yeah. it's not the end of the blurb though. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead if y'all want to. If y'all want to uh, discuss, feel free. Oh, it's your guy. My guy. I just <laughs> yeah, you were reading on him, right? Yeah. Oh, he opened. Hey, he opened a he opened a barbecue joint called Full Moon Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he attempted Wonder. to join the NASCAR te- uh, racing team, but failed. Well, yeah, I mean, his, his hit and run case might have had. Oh bit. my god! Right. <laughs> uh, so y'all just, y- so y'all just if, wrecking if, this man through the coals right now. I'm like, hey, he talks about it all the time. Go listen yeah. to some of his motivational speeches. It was weird because he goes to like colleges and talks about it. Like, I don't think that's what you should be telling them at this point in your life. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so in January of, of 2000, uh, a fight broke out between Ray Lewis and his companions and another group of people, resulting in the stabbing death of Jason Baker and Richard Lawler. Uh, Lewis and two companions, Reginald Oakley and Joseph Sweeting, were questioned by Atlanta police, and 11 days later, the three men were indicted on murder and aggravated assault charges. The fight occurred about 200 yards from the Cobalt Lounge on 265 East Paces Ferry Road in Buckhead Village. Damn, they gave <laughs> the address and everything. Yeah, they did. Well, it's probably uh, bigger than where the murder yeah. was, so... <laughs> uh, about two miles north of downtown Atlanta, where Lewis had been celebrating, the white... The white suit that Ray Lewis was wearing the night of the killing has never been found. Fulton County DA Paul Howard alleged the bloodstained suit was dumped in a garbage bin 
outside a fast food restaurant. A, a knife found on the scene did not have any fingerprints or DNA. And Ray Lewis subsequently testified that Oakley and Sweeting had bought knives earlier in uh, Super Bowl week from a sports authority where Lewis had been signing autographs. Baker's blood was found, however, in Ray Lewis's limousine. Two weeks into the trial, Lewis's attorney, Don Samuel, and Ed Garland negotiated a plea agreement with the DA in which the murder charges against Lewis were dismissed in exchange for his testimony against Oakley and Sweeting and his guilty plea to a misdemeanor charge of obstruction of justice. Lewis admitting Lewis admitted to that he gave a misleading statement to police on the morning after the killings, initially telling them he was not present in the scene. Superior Court Judge Alice D. Bonner sentenced Lewis to 12 months probation. One year in prison is the maximum sentence for a first-time offender, and the immediate probation was the judge's decision. He was also fined $250,000 by the NFL, which was believed to be the highest fine levied against any NFL player for an infraction not involving substance abuse. Under the terms of the sentence, Lewis could not use drugs or alcohol during the duration of his probation. Uh, Oakley and Sweeting were acquitted of the charges on June 20th. No other suspects have ever been arrested for the incident. The following year, Lewis was named Super Bowl MVP. However, the signature phrase, I'm going to Disney World, was given instead to quarterback Trent Dilfer. Uh, on April 29, 2004, Lewis reached an out-of-court settlement with four-year-old uh, India Lawler, born months after the death of her father, Richard. Preempting a scheduled civil proceeding, Lewis also reached an undisclosed settlement with uh, Baker's family. During a taped pregame interview with Shannon Sharp that aired on CBS before uh, before the Super Bowl, Sharp told Lewis that the families of the slain men find it difficult to see Lewis idolized by millions of fans, believing he knows more about the killings than he shared, and asked what he had to say to these families. Lewis responded, God has never made a mistake. That's just who he is, you see. To the family, if you knew... If you really knew the way God works, he don't use people who commit anything like that for his glory. Uh, the Ravens crisis management around Lewis's murder trial was revisited by former head coach Brian Billick, <clears throat> by then a media analyst, after the 2013 arrest of Aaron Hernandez and his swift release by the New England Patriots. So... There's that. Uh, doesn't take away from what he did on the field. He was a great player. You know, he he never allowed, or the Ravens uh, did not allow a single 100-yard rusher in 51 consecutive games from 98 through the 2001 season. Uh, in addition to his run defense, Lewis had also gained a reputation as a complete defender. His 31 in interceptions ranked him fifth all-time amongst NFL linebackers, and just six shorts, or and just six interceptions short of the number one spot. Uh, since the murder allegations, Lewis's image has recovered, and today is considered one of the most dominant linebackers in the history of the NFL. Lewis was also selected as the third best linebacker of all time 
on the show The Sports List. A poll of NFL coaches selected him the most dominant player in NFL before the 2003 season by being mentioned on 10 ballots while no other player was mentioned more than twice. <clears throat> so, I mean, and we, we've already talked about it when we did our who you got, you know, uh, that Ravens defense, you know, allowed, like, what was it? Less than, like, four points. <laughs> yeah, like, like 4.6 or 4.7 4, 4. or something 6 like 4.6 points per game in the Super Bowl. And he was the leader of that defense. So, you know, um, right. he also, uh, in, in 2011 against the Houston Texans, Lewis became the first player in NFL history with at least 40 sacks and 30 interceptions in his career. So there is that. Uh, <clears throat> anything else you guys got to say about uh, oh, Ray Ray? <laughs> yeah, Roger, anything else you want to say about Ray Lewis? <laughs> no, I said everything I had to say. <laughs> okay. Tightly chips at it for me. <laughs> so you're uh, convinced he did it? I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> no, I'm at, I mean you already you already threw it out there once. Allegedly, uh, I mean uh, he allegedly did it. He he made a plea deal. I mean, yeah. to most people, once you make a plea plea deal like that, uh, to basically rat on the two people that you were uh, there with. That shows uh, a whole lot of signs of implication that, that you possibly had something to do with it. So yeah, his so his jersey number should have been six nine. God, you <laughs> went there with that. <laughs> I don't uh, think he ratted out as much people as as six nine did, but yeah, yeah. All right, we want to move on to the next one. Let's move on to yes. the next one. All right, we're going to uh, talk about... Uh, you got, got it, Roger. Yeah, right. I haven't... You did Barry Sanders. That's right. That's right. My fault. Um, so next on the list is... A guy that actually mentioned this before in the last one. Uh, Dick Buckus. Uh, another linebacker played from 1965 to 1973. Uh, two-time defensive player of the year. Six-time first-team All-Pro. Two-time second-team All-Pro. Eight-time Pro Bowler. Inducted in the 1979 uh, Hall of Fame class. Um, Dick Buckus is known as being one of the hardest hitters in NFL history. Um, and his accolades don't necessarily measure up uh, with his uh, contemporaries this high on the list, but that's fine considering his relatively short career. Uh, his reputation was built on the eye test, and his tackles were famous for being hard enough to generate regular turnovers. Uh, similarly to other players at this point on the, on the ugh, similarly to other players at this point of the list with their own teams, the Bears wouldn't be where they are without Buckus. I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, the Bears sort of became known for their hard hitting defense from this point on, um, and he was the guy that sort of generated that. Uh, Bears defensive mentality, I guess. Best way to right. say it. He was the heart and soul behind that Bears defense. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, not the 80s Bears, but the one right before no. that. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, each, I mean, every generation of team 
is going to have that one player that's synonymous with the team for that era. You know, I mean, when you think of the 85 Bears, you think, you know, Mike Singletary, you think, you know, a couple, you know, like Dicka. just Dicka, yeah. Um, but back then in the, in the, in the 60s and 70s, Dick Buckus was the man. He was the guy. He was the undisputed leader, the heart and soul of that team. But uh, <clears throat> he, uh, in his NFL career, he intercepted 22 passes. He recovered 27 fumbles, which was a record when he retired. Um, he caused tons of fumbles. Uh, let me see. And he's credited with defining the middle linebacker position. Um, yeah, because back then it was just, they had the weird linebacker. Like, they did four linebackers, didn't they? Uh, I, I believe that's correct. A lot of teams did like four linebackers, and obviously the two on the edge would be rushers. But yeah, um, yeah. Which I mean, schemes back then were a little bit more simple. You know, yeah. it was either a four-three scheme or a three-four scheme. Um, normally, a three-four scheme is normally for like, okay, you got the big lineman up front, and that way you can kind of play off of okay, which which uh, linebacker is going to blitz or which linebacker is going to drop back, you know, or are they going to come from, you know, one side or the other, you know, things yeah. that, like all these different schemes and stuff. Um, New England played a lot of three, four uh, Pittsburgh plays. I think Pittsburgh still plays a three, four, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. I think so. <clears throat> but uh, his number 51 jersey has obviously been retired um, by the Bears. Um. He actually became an actor after football. Okay. He did. He was in the original Longest Yard movie. Um, Wasn't he on the TV show Coach? I believe so. Uh, I believe so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought he was in that show. I think he did uh, cameos here and there. Yeah, he had a cameo on um, Coach a few times. Okay. Yeah. Um, I used to love he, that show. He was also in Gremlins 2. Uh, he was on Any Given Sunday, which is one of the most underrated football movies of all time. The original or the remake? Any Given Sunday? Oh, never mind. I thought yeah. you said longest shard. My bad. No, I like the, I like the newest one more. I mean, the old one's okay, but it's kind of like very old comedy. Right. It doesn't really hold up. Right. Um, but he was also in episodes of MacGyver, uh, My Two Dads. Um, yeah, he was also in just in all, multiple shows and um, just doing cameos and stuff. Uh, so, so we're he, not. So we're not going to huh? talk about how he was named the head coach of the XFL's Chattanooga, uh, sorry, uh, Chicago Enforcers franchise. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was a joke. <laughs> was he? Yeah, he was replaced by Ron Meyer. Ron yeah, Meyer, for this, yeah, he was replaced. Yeah. yeah. Instead, Buck has served as the league's director of competition and during the second half of the season, a color commentator. Uh, for the league's regional telecast. Oh, the original. Um, the original XFL. XFL. Okay, yeah. my bad. Not I was like, one, 
I was like, man, I don't remember that team or anything in the new XFL. Yes. But but then again, they have the XFL 2020, and then we're going to have it in 2022, apparently. We I hope mean, so. We hope so. We, we, yeah, we hope so. <laughs> and also, don't forget that he has the award for the best linebacker in college football. It's the Buckets Award, too. Right. Yeah. Because of how great he was at just doing that. Yeah, I mean, so many great players have won that award. Brian Bo- uh, Brian Bosworth, Derek Thomas, um, let's see, Marvin Jones, uh, Lavar Arrington, uh, Derek Johnson, Patrick Willis, Paul Poslozny, uh, James Laurinaitis, Vaughn Miller, Luke Keekley, Manti Teo, C.J. Mosley, Reuben Foster. <coughs> Hey, did uh, Monte Smith. Teo take his girlfriend to that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't see her. Apparently, he didn't either. I had to. How long you think you? He, he he never gonna let that. He's a free agent, so somebody will snatch him up. The last team he played for was Chicago. Who oh, Yeah. Really. Yeah. He was with San Diego from uh, 13 to 16. He was with New Orleans from 17 to 19. Uh, and then he was on Chicago for one year. Now he's a free, now he's a uh, unrestricted free agent. That's where he's going to stay. Probably. Yeah. Nope. But nevertheless. <laughs> all right. So all right, let's we, move on to number 13 on the list. We have another quarterback in the name of John Elway. Uh, he was active from 1983 to 1998, and he played for Rogers' favorite team, the Denver Broncos. Yep. Uh, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion, winning in uh, Super Bowl 33 and or 32 and 33. Uh, he's a he was a, a Super Bowl 33. MVP. He was also 1987 MVP of the league. 1992's Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's a three-time second-team All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, the 1993 NFL uh, passing yards leader. Almost said rushing yards leader. Yeah, uh, he was that too. He probably could have been. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> He was elected to the 1990s All-Decade Team. He was also elected to the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. He is in the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame. He is His number seven jersey is retired by the Denver Broncos. He is a two-time AFC Offensive Player of the Year, 87 and 93. Uh, as an executive, he won Super Bowl... 50 so he has three super bowl rings two as a player one as a a uh executive uh he also uh is an arena bowl champion as an executive mm-hmm. um colorado crush yep uh because he was a part owner and ceo of the colorado crush from 2003 to 2008 uh as I said before, he played for the Broncos from 83 to 98. Uh, in 2011, 
He was elected general manager and executive vice president of football operations for the Broncos and remained in that position until just the, this year when he was named president of football operations for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Uh, his touchdown to interception ratio, 300 touchdowns, 226 interceptions, uh, 51,475 passing yards for a completion percentage of 56.9 and a passer rating of 79.3. He also had 3,407 rushing yards for a total of 33 rushing touchdowns. Um, he was elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the College Football Hall of Fame four years apart. He went into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2000 and the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2004. Right. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Elway's accolades don't seem to really hold up for a rank this high until you consider the following. Under him, the Denver Broncos went to five Super Bowls. His five championship starts is the most of any quarterback not named Tom Brady. And as the greatest player in Broncos history, and having only played for Denver, Elway places in NFL lore, or Elway's place in NFL lore is secure, as is his imagery. I remember Elway going in to score, um, and that's when the... Uh, Somebody hit him like he went for a dive and somebody came uh, for one side and somebody else hit him in the leg. And he did like a fucking helicopter spin before going into the end zone. Do you remember you guys remember seeing that footage? I vaguely remember seeing that. Yeah, that that's that's one of the highlights that I remember about John Elway, because it's like, man, you're like, oh, man, he could take it. and He could just run with it. You know, like he he he's, he wants his touchdown. He don't give a shit, you know, and it, it literally I, I I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was during the Super Bowl or if it was during um, an AFC championship game. Um, but I'll throw it over to Roger because this is his favorite uh, football team. Would you consider John Elway the greatest Denver Bronco of all time? And if so, why? And if not, why? Um, I guess that least since he got us to that many championships and he won two of them as the quarterback. But no, uh, to me... Ooh. To me, it's probably Terrell Davis, actually, still. Even uh, this, despite his, despite him having the short career that he had? Yeah. Well, he's a running back. Running backs don't last long. That's true. I mean, all the running backs that we've had on this list mainly play, what, like 10 years? Uh, Something like that, yeah. I mean, it's just... I mean, it's the hardest. This is one you're considering getting hit the most. So, I mean, yeah, you can't stand right that much. Um, I mean, Gil Sayers only played six years, <laughs> right? Um, but no, like that's the thing. Like running backs, I've always going to give them a little bit more because they have to do more work workload. Um, most of them don't get as much credit as they do unless you're Derrick Henry and you are the team, All um, right? <laughs> but you don't get any love for it because they want to give the award to a fucking quarter. You know what? We ain't going there today. They want to uh, go to the white man because it's the white man award. Nah. No, they had to give it to Rodgers because they knew he wasn't going to play this year. They knew. <laughs> but, 
But uh, no, it, to me, is it, Darren, uh, not Darren, uh, it, Terrell Davis. Um, John Elway right there is number two. Uh, Von Miller slowly making his way up there. I probably have him like in the top five at this point. We all know you want to say Chant Bailey at three. Uh, no, Chant Bailey is probably number four. So who would you have above him but below Terrell? Would you say Shannon Sharp or Rod Smith or I mean, I Steve put, Atwater? Uh, I put Elway at two. Okay. Yeah. At number three, um, yes, I would say uh, probably Atwater, actually, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to rank them because the old the older ones is. I mean, I go back watching NFL films now on them. I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, but you can like. I mean, you can only like. I guess you can only go from memory. Like, okay, I remember these guys being good. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know, like I started watching. Like I started watching the Dolphins. You know when. Marino was almost like not not at the tail end of his career, but close to the tail end of his career, um, you know. But then that's also when I got introduced to when Jason Taylor came in and then Zach Thomas came in. So in my mind, these guys are up there, you know. Um, didn't know until later on, after I got into football a little bit more, started studying the history of the team and things of that nature. Oh, we had the '72 uh, Dolphins. Oh man, I yeah, mean, Bob Greasy, Larry Zonka, Paul Warfield, all these guys, you know. Uh, the no-name defense, you know. Um, you know, so, yeah, so that's kind of like going back and, like, you know, knowing the history of your team, um, you know, which is always fun to learn. Anytime you, anytime history is involved, you know, you always want to learn as much as you possibly can about it. Um, of course, it's easy for Chip because Chip's team's been around since 2002. So, you know, he's got more of a – he's been there through the, their, their whole existence. Unless you want to count the Houston Oilers, in that case it goes back to the, you know – 80s or whatever um but so so how do you guys feel about Elway being at 13 i think it's a little high to be honest um, yeah i think it's a little high what do you say chip uh it, it, it's it's one of those things where it could be high depending on who's oh well depending on who's above him he could be high um or i'm sorry he could be low depending on who's above him um because i mean he did take the broncos to five super bowls one two uh you know as an executive he took them to another super bowl because he was able to get Oh, big head boy to play. <laughs> oh, big head boy couldn't oh, do it. Oh, big head much, boy. But not. Well, like, all he had to do was just hold the ball. He literally was game manager at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So. So, um, yeah. And, and the fact that his, his his Super Bowl starts record wasn't actually broken until 2015. Uh when when Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, 
played in their uh, Super Bowl that year. Right. All right. I, so hate, we're Roman, gonna... I hate Roman numerals because I can never figure that shit out. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So so we're gonna move on from John Elway to, in my opinion, one of the best defensive backs that ever played the game, Ronnie Lott. He was a safety who was active from the years 1981 to 1994, played with the San Francisco 49ers, the Los Angeles Raiders, and the New York Jets, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the year 2000. He is a four-time Super Bowl champion, an eight-time first-team All-Pro, a 10-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL interceptions leader. Uh, he was also part of the of the uh, 1980s All-Decade Team, the 1990s All-Decade Team, on the 75th anniversary and the 100th anniversary All-Time Teams. Um, he's in the San Francisco 49ers Hall of Fame, and his uh, San Francisco 49ers jersey number 42 has been retired. Um, he ended his career with 1,146 tackles, 63 interceptions, 730 uh, interception return yards, 16 forced fumbles, 17 fumble recoveries, and 15 defensive touchdowns. Now, Lott is the first of three San Francisco 49ers from the team's iconic 80s run, and just like the other two of the trio, Lott is considered by many to be the greatest at his position. While not as individually highlighted as some of his predecessors on the list, Lott's uh, viciousness as a hitter on the perimeter and his leadership of arguably is, makes him arguably the greatest uh, safety of all time, arguably the greatest core of all time, and that's what earns him his spot at number 12. Um, so how do you guys feel about Ronnie Lott here being at number 12? Probably is the best safety of all time. Um, and, I mean, four Super Bowls. Obviously, he did have a big part in that. Yeah. Because, um, like we said earlier, when, uh, oh, sorry, I just had the hiccups and it hurts. Um, he did, they were able to hold Marino down for, I mean, his career for the most part. And <laughs> pretty much, playoffs. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we say it defense win championships. Yeah. He, um, I mean, I mean, even like, I'm just going to go just as like when he started in 1981 is like seven interceptions. And then he went to two, four, four, six, ten interceptions, five, 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 three, eight interceptions, one, three, you know, a total of 63 interceptions in a course of a career. Um, you know, played in, played in, uh, 192 games, um, and he wasn't that bad of a tackler either. I mean, he had 1,113 solo tackles, 33 assists. Um, didn't have that many sacks, though, which you don't really rely on him to get sacks. But even for a safety, he had 8.5 sacks in his career. So, you know, that's not too shabby. Yeah. Um, so speaking of greatest uh, safeties, would you, would you give it to Ronnie Lott? I'll name a couple more that that could be in that yeah, argument. Uh, what about Ed Reed or uh, I, Paul Kraus or Paul Kraus or uh, Troy Polamalu or even uh, Ken Houston who played for the the Oilers? I, 
as much as I love Ed Reed, and I think he's one of the greatest players in Hurricanes history, definitely one of the most ferocious, you know, he, he, was, he was an interception machine. That being said, though, I don't think that, I don't know, if, if, if for a, like a game for my life, I kind of want to go with Ronnie Lott on that one. You know, I would, the only person that I can think of, like off the top of my head, that could match Ronnie Lott's ferociousness and just the way that he approached the game, probably Troy Palomalu, because Troy Palomalu also had that same intensity. Um, possibly Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor was that intense, but he, again, he was, he didn't, he didn't live long enough to have a full career to even, you know, you know, like, 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 that's one thing. Like, we, we, uh, we discussed it earlier about, you know, like players gone too soon or whatever. You know, that he's definitely one of them. Um, I mean, a legitimate argument can be made that if Sean Taylor lived, he could have been ranked up here higher on, he could have been ranked on this list. Um, just because of how good he was. Um, but a game for my life, I'm going Ronnie Lott. I still say, because he was pretty much like, I, I'll, I'll say this. Had it not been for Ronnie Lott, we wouldn't have the Ed Reeds, the Troy Palomalus, the Bob Sanders, and all those guys, the Michael Griffins and all those guys. I think that Ronnie Lott, because of his being a ferocious hitter, but also his leadership quality of being the captain of the defense also helped out a lot, you know. No, I mean, it, it was just a question, I, I you know, because those – but I those, ramble, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it was just a question because those, when, when I think of, of safety and, and I think greatest of all time, those are the five that come to mind. I mean, uh, Paul Cross is the leader of interceptions with 81. Um, Ed Reed has only one more interception than Ronnie Lott. Uh, Troy Palomalo is not even in the top 20. Um I mean, technically, by stat, quote unquote, Paul Krause would be, but did he win four Super Bowls? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's why Ronnie Lott is so high. because of his, I mean, obviously four Super Bowls. Right. Right. But I definitely think that you know, I mean, we ranking. I mean, we ranking it up there. I mean, and they did have Ed Reed on the list as well at number thirty. So. They did show Ed Reed a little bit of love. Um, but, yeah, but when it comes to safeties and a game for – like I said, a game for my life, I want Ronnie Lott on my, on, on my squad. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. That's that's, right. that's why I asked, you know, would you, would you make Ronnie Lott the number one because these other five guys or other four guys always come to mind when I think – greatest safeties right you know yeah definitely definitely um i mean yeah but i mean golly he was just it says um in this one little paragraph that i'm reading it said lot had an uncanny awareness uh, of how to play um how a play was developing rather which allowed him to break up passes and earn a reputation of being one of the most hardest and most effective open field tacklers in the history of the game so you know the 
the the the hit stick as as the young kids call it with the you know when you play Madden you have the hit stick and it causes fumbles and shit like that so but yeah um you know you can thank Ronnie a lot for that one but anyway okay I don't know about um, that now hey, <laughs> I don't know linebackers yeah I'm just talking, talking I'm Bucky. I'm just talking about in terms of like defensive backs. Oh, we're still got eleven to go. <laughs> all right, let's knock it out. Let's let's go to the next one. Uh, all right, so next one on the list, uh, number eleven, uh, one of the best defensive tackles of all time, me Joe Green. He was active from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen eighty one. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers his whole career, four time Super Bowl champion, two time Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, one time Mandy year, which is we discussed with like MVP before MVP, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, five time first team All Pro, three time second team All Pro, ten time Pro Bowler, um, inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1987. Uh, and Mean Joe Green was the definitive defenseman. Uh, some may say the overall best defensive player of the 70s. And was synonymous with the Steel Curtain Steelers. Uh, if we're looking for the progenitor of the modern juggernaut Steelers, look no further. You don't get their iconic defensive reputation without the most dominant defensive lineman to ever play. Uh, I don't know if most. I don't know about the most dominant defensive lineman to ever play. Maybe Def- maybe defensive tackle, but like yeah, maybe like, what, the in, like, in, like an interior lineman. I can probably see that, but yeah. As a as like a let's say normal defensive lineman, in terms of like ends and stuff, edge rushers and uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to say that, but yeah, definitely give it the best defensive tackle. Yeah, definitely, especially like especially uh, if you try to run against Mean Joe Green, shit, sit your ass down. You ain't going nowhere. Don't try that shit. Don't try that shit again. You know, definitely couldn't run within the tackles. You'd always have to do an outside run. Exactly, exactly. You you, you couldn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I didn't realize he was a coach too. Holy shit! Uh, he was a coach. He was a D line coach for Pittsburgh from eighty seven to ninety one, and then a D line coach from ninety one to uh, ninety five with the Miami Dolphins. Did not know that. Wow, I learn something new every day. And you call yourself a Dolphins fan? Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, um, but yeah, but I mean seventy eight point five sacks. Um, and at at a time, I mean, this was before you know, you know, Bruce Smith was. I think this was before Bruce Smith was in the league, right? Because Bruce Smith, Bruce Smith didn't come along till like the eighties, right? I want to say I know we talked about him on a previous uh, episode. Let me go see if I can find it. Yeah, Bruce Smith came in in nineteen eighty five. Um, so for for uh, Joe Green to have, you know, seventy eight tackles for his you know career you know that's that's a pretty you know big deal you know he was definitely um probably the most feared defensive lineman in the game at that point yeah i can see that i can see that for sure 
Anything you want to add, Raj? No, I read the blurb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I already talked about his, his accolades and everything. I mean, we talked like he's part of the one of the greatest defensive defenses ever. When we did our uh, who you got him, so we did talk about how to steal current help. Uh, Bradshaw uh, pretty much attained those four Super Bowls. Right. Right. All right. So. So, we're going to go on to the next one. Chip, you got it? This is our top ten, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Coming in at number ten is running back Emmitt Smith. Uh, Now, Emmitt Smith played for the Cowboys from 1990 until 2002, and then again played for the Cardinals from 2003 to 2004. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion, a one-time Super Bowl MVP, the 1993 uh, NFL MVP, the 1993 uh, NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year, or I'm sorry, Offensive Player of the Year, the 1990 Offensive Rookie of the Year, a four-time uh, first-team All-Pro, second-time or two-time second-team All-Pro. He made eight Pro Bowls, a four-time NFL rushing yards leader, a three-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader. He was elected to the 1990s All-Decade Team, the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. Uh, he is part of the Dallas Cowboys Ring of, Ring of Honor. Um, he also won the Burt Bell Award in 1993. Uh, he had he holds the record for most rushing yards in a career for 18,355. He also holds the record for most rushing touchdowns in a career for 164. And the record for most rushing attempts in a career for 4,409. Um, he has a total, uh, or he, he averaged a total of 4.2 yards per game. He had 515 receptions for a total of 3,224 receiving yards and 11 receiving touchdowns. Um, he, uh, he, along with Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin were known as the triplets there in, uh, Dallas he was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2006 and the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2010. So let's talk about it. There might be more iconic names to non-casual or non-fans and casual fans that have already been listed. But Emmett Smith is by far the greatest Cowboys offensive or trio. He's he's part of the greatest Cowboys offensive trio that made Dallas the juggernaut brand that it is today. As the starting running back for the most successful era of America's team, fuck you, they're not America's team, but um, Smith has an argument to be the greatest NFL running back of all time and the stats to back it up. His records are very much untouched and his production remained even with Aikman and Irvin eating up possessions. Uh, what do you What do you guys say? Emmitt Smith, greatest running back of all time? Yes, no, no. Okay. He's. I mean, obviously, I think he's top three. I think I would. I would take probably. I would take. Well, I would say two. I would say I'd put him at two because I still think Walter Payton was a better running back overall than Emmitt. Um, even though Emmett does have the hardware, a lot of people will say, well, Emmett has the hardware. He has the Super Bowl titles, but he needed Aikman and Irvin to do it. 
you know, to which I would say, well, I mean, hell, does does that mean that, you know, a lot of other, I mean, because hell, it's a team sport. Yeah, I mean, okay, you got a great quarterback, you know, wide receiver, you know, with playing with you, but yet you're still getting your numbers, you're still getting your points, you know. How are you not considered among the best running backs of all time at that point? You know, because you are getting your statistical numbers. You hold multiple records, including touchdowns and rushing yards. You know, right. I remember when he broke the record. Um, it was on national. It was on. It was on one game. I can't remember what what game it was. I can't remember who they were playing. I want to say they were playing against the Eagles um, when he broke the record. And this was, I think, it was the last year he played in Dallas before he went to Arizona to play. Um, Everybody from Texas wants to play in Arizona. I don't understand. Um, well, lately it is. Um, it's not as hot, I guess. I get it. Probably Just not a as little bit cooler. Maybe I guess I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I def, I definitely think that he's he's up there. What about you, Raj? You think Mammoth's up there in at least the top three? Um, yeah, probably top three, top five for sure. I can't. I can't say top. Th- <sighs> you can't definitively say top three. No, but I can definitely say top five. Okay. I'll say. T- I would say top three. The only, the only two people that I can think of that could be ahead of them would probably be Walter Payton and J- Jim Brown. Honestly, um, Marshall Falk. See, I would give. I would take Emmett Smith over Marshall Falk. Because I think because I think Emmett's because I think Emmett was a little bit more elusive than Falk was, um, although Falk can you know get out of situations. I think I think but but like him being in them situations, which that's more of an offensive line thing more than it is anything. Uh, offensive line breaking down and then you're having to you know search for a hole. You found the hole and you got through it. You know and you made you made a play. Um, that's how we ended up with kids. <laughs> Oh, sex jokes. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I would take him in over Marshall Falk. You know, would I take him over Walter Payton or Jim Brown? I'd have to think about that. Would you take him over Derrick Henry? Prime for prime. See, I don't think Derrick Henry said his prime yet, so I can't. Even, I can't. Uh, he just ran two thousand yards. And he'll he's gonna run for two thousand more this upcoming season, I believe. No, I don't think so. I think he'll get less. We'll see. Um, because Ryan Tannehill is gonna take the yards again. Are you gonna? Wait, which 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 offensive line are you giving me? Are you giving me Tennessee's offensive line of today? Or are you gonna give me Dallas's offensive line from the nineties? Because that's that's there's a difference. So are you asking if I'm Derrick Henry behind Dallas's offensive line? Derrick Henry behind Dallas's offensive line. How, how, what's he doing? Uh, probably winning six Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, but but I mean, the stats are there, the championships are there. Even if you want to, you know, go with bias, you know, or if you want to just like, oh well, I'm a bigger fan of Walter Payton, or I'm a bigger fan of this guy, I mean, or I like the way this person plays the game better than I like the way this person plays the game. You know, or for whatever logic you want to use to try to figure out, determine who the quote unquote best is, you can't you can't go against what the numbers are telling you. The numbers say, hey, these statistics prove that he's 
without a doubt, one of the best. And also longevity could be, I mean, because, I mean, what do we say the the average running back lasts in, in the NFL? What, about 10 years. About 10 years. He played 14 of them. You know, 14 years in the NFL. Like, for a running back, 14 years in the NFL is a long-ass time. Yeah, but know? during his final few years, he was nowhere near good. No, no. When he played in Arizona, yeah, no, he wasn't. I mean, but hell, look at Frank Gore. Frank Gore's, you know, Frank Gore's an anomaly because he's still pretty much playing the same. His body, his knees, literally just can't handle him running for right. too long. Right. But he still has power, so it's <laughs> ridiculous. Right? Yeah. But anyway, so. Chip, what are you thinking about oh, good old Emmett Smith being at uh, number 10? Uh, I can't take away anything he's done on the field, but fuck Emmett Smith because, <laughs> well, just for the simple fact that that's the the era like where I started watching football and they completely turned me away from being a Dallas fan because they were America's team. So... Because they, sh- they tried to shove the, the, the Cowboys down your throat. I, I get it. Pretty much. Because Jerry Jones owned all the TV is, like stations in uh, Texas at the time, didn't he? Pretty much, yeah. 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 So he was able to put them all in front. It's pretty much like how wrestling promoters did. They made the deal with the guy that owned the TV station, and he ran forever. Pretty much, yeah. But anyway... So we're gonna move on from Emmett Smith to Big Head Boy himself. <laughs> Your favorite at number player. nine, huh? Your favorite player. Ain't my favorite player. Um, <laughs> at number nine, Peyton Manning, quarterback, active from. I don't think that's right. They gave me damn Johnny Unitas. This fucking number. You, right, know, right. you know it's right. <laughs> That's how old Big Head is. Oh, my God. No, stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. All right. So you know the, you know he was a, that's his stats. Shut the fuck up. Let me read this. <laughs> so he he was he was active from 1998 to 2015. Um, he played for the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. Um, he is a two time Super Bowl champion, uh, a one time Super Bowl MVP, five time NFL MVP two-time Offensive Player of the Year, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, seven-time first team, three-time second team, 14-time Pro Bowler, three-time passing yards leader, four-time passing touchdown leader, two-time NFL completion percentage leader, three-time uh, NFL passing ratings leader, uh, part of the 2000s All-Decade team, the 100th Anniversary All-Team. He's in the he's in the Indianapolis Colts Ring of Honor. Uh, his number 18 jersey is retired. He's also in the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame, and his number 18 jersey was honored. Um, three-time Burt Bell Award winner, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year for 2013, an eight-time KCC AFC Offensive Player of the Year, um, and also before he got to the NFL, he was a Campbell Award winner, a Maxwell Award winner. Uh, his number 16 jersey is retired from that school in Knoxville. Um, but statistically speaking, most passing touchdowns in the season with 55. Most passing yards in the season with 5,477 yards. And most touchdown passes in a game, which is tied for seven. Um, damn, th- seven touchdowns in a game. That's crazy. He was actually he was actually able to do more, but they took him out of the game. That's when he was playing for the Broncos. 
<laughs> right? Um, so his career NFL stats are as follows. Um, he completed 6,125 uh, compl- uh, passes on 9,380 attempts. His career completion percentage was 65.3. He had 539 touchdowns to only 251 interceptions. He has a passer rating of 96.5, and he has thrown 71,940 yards. Uh, he was also inducted in the 2021 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Numbers, that sums up Peyton Manning's career. Honestly, the biggest nod to his greatness was the effectiveness of the Colts' offense and the team, really, that rested solely on his shoulders. The next player on the list is more prototypically and more iconic, nostalgic uh, in the sport of football, but Peyton, with his huge arm and bigger forehead, fuck, they, this website fucked up... <laughs> It is arguably, yeah, I get it. It is arguably the most talented quarterback and player in NFL history. How in the world does one even approach 5,000 yards and 55 touchdowns? Yeah, um, so how are you guys feeling about Peyton being at number nine on this list? Too high. Too high? Even with all the statistics and all the records. We already know that MVP means nothing. Okay, but that's an accolade. I'm not talking about accolades. I'm talking about statistics. I mean, I, mean, I just read you just the tip. Like, how can we, how can we say that he's not at least in the stratosphere of best of all time with the, with the with the numbers that are in front of us? I mean, the stats will say it, yes, but. I mean, what's his postseason records? What are those postseason stats? Because because he uh, because he lost so many times to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. He choked so many times. Don't forget, he threw the game winning touchdown also when he played the Saints. So he should be a three time Super Bowl champion, though. That man yeah. is he has no he he's great. He's one of those guys that's great during the regular season. In the postseason is when he shows out, and he shows who he really is. He's a choke artist. Okay, well, all right, well, hang on a second. All right, so in regular season games, in terms of win-loss record, he is 186 wins to 79 losses. In the playoffs, he is 14 and 13 with, uh, let me see, 7,339 total passing yards and 40 touchdowns with 25 interceptions. Uh, with a passer rating of 87.4, completion percentage of 63.2%. Um, so there's his postseason statistics. Okay. Yeah. So but he has one the, more win than loss. Right. I mean, but hell, I mean, he, I mean, if you go to Tom Brady's statistics, I mean, Jesus, I mean, he. <laughs> He had a lot um, of uh, there was a lot of uh, not parallels between the two of them because I mean Brady obviously got to more Super Bowls than Peyton did obviously, um, but I mean yeah you I mean you look at the year two thousand six uh, the year that they won the uh, Super Bowl uh, they, he was four and zero 
uh, 63.4% uh, completion percentage uh, for that for the, in that four games, 1,034 yards. Um, ironically enough, he threw three touchdowns and had seven interceptions. So he didn't really play as good as he could have played um, that year. So... Yeah, his stats for that Super Bowl were. Uh, if I can get to it. Yeah, his stats for that Super Bowl was uh, 25 for 38, 240, 247 yards, a touchdown, and interception. I mean, Tom Brady is 34 and 11 in the postseason. Right. I mean, when you ride defenses to get to championships, I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> not, all, not all defenses, but. The, the first three defenses that he won championships with were very, very good defenses. I didn't um, know Adam Vinatieri was a defensive player. Dude, so you go, so, oh, so you're just going to, so you're just going to disrespect Rodney Harrison and Ty Law and Teddy Bruce, Teddy Bruschi and Willie McGinnis and Richard Seymour and all them guys. Come on, man. Did their foot kick the, the field goal that won them the game? No, but that stopped it. Why are we having this discussion? <laughs> Why you got to get me like, shut up. <laughs> All right, so Chip, what do you think? Okay, so what do you think about Manny being nine? I mean, just based on just statistics alone. If we're looking at just statistics, then uh, he should probably be uh, maybe even a little lower uh, than nine. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd have him in the top 10. I may put John Elway over him uh, personally, uh, but that's just me personally. I mean, right. uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that, but I mean, I never really was like a huge Peyton Manning fan. Um, I hated him in college. I mean, he wouldn't even grade in college. That's the problem. Like he was horrible in college. Yeah, I, I mean, the uh, the University of Tennessee has a road named after him, and he never won them a championship there. Uh, it wasn't until the year he left with the exact same team did uh, T Martin. T Martin. T Martin. Yeah. T Martin won them a national championship, the last national championship they seen. Yeah. So. But I think Jam- I, I think I Jamal digress. Lewis had a little something to do with the championship, though. Jamal I can't Lewis put it all played. on T. Martin. Well, well, I, mean, I think Jamal, Jamal Lewis, Lewis was, but he played with Peyton Manning. Yeah. I mean, there's that. He, That's true. He played on the same team as Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning gets all the love, and T. Martin is a nobody, right? When it comes to college football at the University of Tennessee. Knoxville, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we move on from Big Head Boy to the very next one on the list. You got it, Raj? Uh, yeah. Uh, the next one on the list is the best Colts quarterback of all time, uh, Johnny Unitas. Uh, played from 55 to 73. Uh, he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Colts, and the San Diego Chargers. I did not know about the Chargers one, actually. No, I didn't either. I didn't know about the Steelers one. I didn't know about the Steelers. He played two years there. Uh, I want to say two years, yeah. Uh, 
Because he was drafted there. Oh, no, he actually didn't play there for... At all, what? Was he immediately traded? No, they actually released him. What? And then he got picked up by the Colts. That doesn't even make sense. That's weird. Okay, yeah, let me read the blurb. Uh, so he was actually a four-time champion. One was a uh, Super Bowl. Uh, three were, I guess, just NFL championships because it was pre-Super Bowl. Uh, would it be or would it be AFC or would it be AFL championships? Because the Steelers were an AFL team, right? But he he was on the multiple court the Colts. He got okay. drafted by the Steelers, but didn't play for them. Oh, okay. I think the Colts were NFL. No, right. the Colts were. I think the Colts were AFL. Or, no, this is Baltimore. I'm pretty sure the Colts were an AFL team. Were they? The I Baltimore think so. Yeah. Colts. Well, he's a, he's a three time NFL champion. Uh, is what they're saying. So okay, then it may be it may be the NFL. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, the so the nineteen fifty six NFL season was the thirty seventh regular season of the NFL, and that's when he started playing for them. And then nineteen seventy two was the fifty third regular season for the NFL. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh. May, uh. Three-time MVP, one-time uh, Man of the Year, which is the original MVP, uh, five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, ten-time Pro Bowler, uh, considered the first great quarterback by many. United Story, uh, United Story is a precursor to Tom Brady. Uh, he was drafted in the ninth round by the Pittsburgh, only to be released before the season began. Uh, United was asked at the last minute to join the Baltimore Colts. Uh, the rest, as you say, is history. While not as statistically brilliant as its successors, uh, United's place, place here is not simply nostalgic. His NFL record of 47 straight games with a touchdown pass went unbroken in two, 2012. Uh, it wasn't by Brady or Manning. It was obviously Drew Brees. Uh, and you don't get a nickname like the Golden Arm for nothing. Uh, that's weird that he... like. He got drafted. Then they, they wasted. A, I mean, he was a nice round pick. I guess it wasn't really wasting a pick at that point, right? No. Yeah, uh, a couple of statistics that uh, you missed there, Roger. He's a four-time NFL passing yards leader, a four-time NFL passing touchdowns leader, two-time NFL passer rating leader, and a one-time NFL completion percentage leader. So. They don't have the record. They don't do that stat anymore, do they? I don't or, think so. I guess award for the year. They should. Uh, they still do. Do that. What's the, it called? The the, the 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 annual pass completion percentage leader. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won 2020 with 70.7 percent. Drew Brees has won no. it six times. Hmm. 2009, 2010, 2011, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019. So he had a th- he had two three peats. Well, I mean, he is like we talked about earlier. He's probably the best quarterback that's overshadowed because of the generation he's played in or the era right. he's played in. Right. But I mean, I mean, I, I saw. We'll just go from like so. Drew Brees won in 2011. Uh, Peyton Manning and Ryan and Matt Ryan uh, with. 
2012. 2013 was Philip Rivers. 2014 was Tony Romo. 2015 was Kirk Cousins. 2016, of all people, was Sam Bradford. And then Breeze from 17, 18, and 19, and Aaron Rodgers in 20. So. All right. So, yeah, it's still a, it's still a statistic that they give out every year. Oh, we know it's a statistic, but it's a I mean, I mean, we know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I would say so. I mean... Because that's what we were talking about. Like they gave that as an award back then. Yeah, that's I probably one they, of those I, weird names that, like, if they after somebody, we just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. yeah Twenty two. Yeah. Um, the annual passing yards leader. Um, oh, passing yards leader. Okay. Yeah, passing yards leader. Yeah, which is another one. Damn. Uh, Deshaun Watson won twenty twenty. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he had he threw for like did he throw like two hundred yards four, more or something like that? Four thousand eight hundred and twenty three yards. Yeah, but anyway, but he had no receivers. <laughs> he had no receivers. No, he really didn't. Uh, yeah, he didn't Will yet, Fuller didn't. and uh, Cooks. was it Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, um. Oh my God! The dude who just went back to Green Bay, their slot receiver, um, Randall Cobb. Greg Jennings. Randall Cobb. Greg Jennings. Randall Cobb. Randall. <laughs> I, I was Jennings. I'm so sorry. That many years. I know. Sorry. Plates of glass, cheddar Bob. But anyway, yeah. um, what? I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there now. <laughs> um, but anyway, no. Back to back to John. Uh, back to Johnny. Johnny U. U. Um. They, they they have a little blurb here where they talk about the greatest game ever played, uh, where Unitas continued his prowess in uh, 1958, passing for 2,007 yards and 19 touchdowns as the Colts won the Western uh, Conference title. The Colts won the NFL championship under his leadership in December of, of 1958 by defeating the New York Giants 23-17 to in a sudden-death overtime on a touchdown by fullback Allen Mackey? A Mackey? Okay. Mackey. There you go. It was the first overtime game in the NFL history and was often referred to as the greatest game ever played. The game nationally nationally televised by NBC has been credited for sparking the rise of popularity in professional football during the 1960s. So we know the greatest football game happened here recently. It was the Rams versus the Chiefs, where they scored like 400 points like three years ago. Right. And that Yeah, well, the, the, the no defense showed up game, is that the one you're talking about on Monday Night Football? No, which is weird because there was defense in that game. Like, there was a lot of stops, actually. It's just that was the two highest offensive teams playing right. each other at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, but 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 that's the thing. Like, I mean, like, it's one thing if like, I mean, granted, nobody wants to see like a, you know, a six to three game with, you know, defense, you know, killing everybody and there's no offensive, you know, struggle whatsoever. But at the same time, the Super Bowl was the Rams for the Patriots. Yeah. I, I, that, that Super Bowl kind of sucked. I mean, be honest. I mean, but it was a pure defensive one, but yeah. Yeah. It was a defensive. Yeah. How the hell Tom Brady wins a damn MVP when. What, what did he scores like one touchdown? Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like, so you couldn't have given it to fucking um, oh shit, what's his name? Chris Hogan. 
No, not no, not Chris Hogan. Um, <laughs> defensive player, Stephon Gilmore. You couldn't have given it to Stephon Gilmore. Like, I can make the case that he was the MVP of that game, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, Johnny, you know Johnny Unitas. Can we can we sit and can we sit and think that maybe Johnny Unitas was one of those players that he kind of revolutionized the way people watched football on television. Well, yeah, I mean, that's when they really started putting football more and more on TV because, like you said, it was on uh, CBS. NBC. NBC, sorry. Uh, so it's nationally broadcasted more because, I mean, for the most part, it was, like, uh, syndicated on local channels, wasn't it, for the most part? Uh, yeah. And then they started actually getting picked up by uh, national ch- channels and actually started getting advertisement and stuff. But, yeah, then, I mean, Johnny Yu did revolutionize because, I mean, he put on a great offensive clinic um, on TV, even though they only played one by, like, what, three is what you said? Uh, you're talking about the talking about the greatest game ever played? Yeah. They won by six. Six. It was 23-17. Oh, 17. Okay. But, yeah. So, I mean, he, he did for that era because, I mean, football finally started getting picked up more and more and started being seen. Uh, he was one of those guys, and he, I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks at the time. So, I mean, really can't say he didn't, but I don't know. Maybe I guess they did only do offense back then, too, because, like we said, there's not many athletes back in the day, <laughs> right? I still is that the one where he, like they always show where he like steps out of his pocket to the right and just chucks it in the air, uh, uh for like 60 yards. <laughs> Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Because there's so many highlights of back in the day, but it's all grainy and black and white, so you can't really tell what's going on. Right. <laughs> so crazy. But nevertheless, yeah. Right. So we're going to move on from Johnny Yu to, in my opinion, one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play the game. Chip, you got it? It was actually a, a defensive end. Well, well uh, a defensive end is a defensive lineman. No, there's, no. there's ends and there's gonna, tackles. Yeah, where we're gonna distinguish this gentleman as a defensive end. Okay. Born born right here oh, in wow. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Chattahoo, Chattahoo. Exactly. Chattanooga. And went to went to my alma mater, Howard High School. He was a first round, fourth overall draft pick in the nineteen eighty four. NFL draft. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles, the Green Bay Packers, the Carolina Panthers. He is a one-time Super Bowl champion, a two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, an eight-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro, a 13-in-a-row Pro Bowler, a two-time NFL Sacks leader, a three-time NFL Defensive or NFC Defensive Player of the Year. He's in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. He was elected to the 1980s All-Decade Team, the NFL 75th Anniversary Team, the 1990s All-Decade Team, the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. He is a member of the 100 Sack Club. He His number 92 for the Eagles was retired. His number 92 for the Green Bay Packers reti- was retired. Uh, he's also uh, first team all USFL player uh, 
his number 92 was also um retired by the tennessee volunteers 1992 bart star award if you don't know who i'm talking about yet it's mr reggie white himself uh he has 1112 tackles 198 sacks 33 forced fumbles three interceptions two touchdowns to his name uh so Reggie White was known as the Minister of Defense and is the greatest edge rusher of all time. As such a violent position without today's modern medicine and health solutions, imagine playing for nearly 20 years and only missing two All-Pro and Pro Bowl nods for your entire career. While not quite as impactful as the greatest defensive player of all time, Reggie White is a clear positional GOAT and this is the lowest he can reasonably be slotted before we start to disrespect the defensive side of the game. What do you guys say? I, I think Reggie White was an amazing player. You've seen him play. I didn't really get a chance to watch a whole lot of him when he was in Philadelphia, but I remember watching him when he was in uh, Green Bay. Uh, he got to Green Bay in 93. And, I mean, 13 sacks his first year, 8 sacks his second, 12 sacks his uh his third uh his fourth year in 96 when they won the when they won the Super Bowl uh, I mean 38 combined t- 38 combined tackles 25 29 of them were solo uh he only had 8.5 sacks but he had three forced fumbles and three p- fumble recoveries and an interception in that season um you know like like I said before two, like what you said two-time defensive player of the year in 87 and 98 um his last year in Green Bay he won the defense he won defensive player of the year with 16 sacks of 46 combined uh, tackles and four forced fumbles. Um, yeah, I mean, he was definitely a monster, you know. Um, he was known as the Minister of Defense, um, and that w- that had a lot to do with his uh, w- had a lot to do with his Christian upbringing. Uh, he became involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, or FCA as it's called in schools today, uh, while he was at the University of Tennessee and expressed interest in becoming an evangelist as early as his sophomore year in 1981. Uh, he became uh, ordained and he became an ordained Baptist minister during this period and had acquired the nickname Minister of Defense by the time he was a senior. Um, and he followed, you know, he did follow, you know, did keep his faith um throughout uh his his career and things of that nature um he always you know he would like and this is like this is just nfl lore i don't don't hold me to the story um but he would always be the one to get everybody together and like say prayers before games and things of that nature just to boost morale and things of that nature so yeah he was if you if you know anybody who knew reggie and talked to him or anything like that they said that he was probably one of the one of the in, in terms of not just football, but like in terms of just life in the real world, he was considered you know one of the greatest men that they've ever met. Um, just based on just his love for human beings, his humanity, um, and just you know just having that faith with him to always you know lead him. You know, um, so what are you guys feeling about Reggie being at number seven? I think he should be higher. Uh. Yeah, I would say I would put him uh, a little higher. Uh, 
I'd, I'd possibly put him in the top five. He would, he would, he would be, he would, yeah, he'd be, he'd be top five for me as well. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Now, uh, right here in Chattanooga, um, right, uh, uh, on the same road that the UTC mocks play football, uh, they they renamed that street Reggie White Boulevard, yep. uh, and that it's it's officially named. It's not a nickname. You know, sometimes you'll be driving down the road and you see, oh, uh, like, uh, Officer Tim Chapman Highway or, you know, whatever. No, this is officially named Reggie White Boulevard, and it was right. named that November fourth, two thousand eight. Uh, to two things that I did miss is Reggie White is also in the pro football hall of fame. He was elected, uh, on, on the first, his first ever attempt to go in, uh, February 4th of 2006. Um, he's also part of the, uh, college football hall of fame as well. Right. And, uh, unfortunately he did pass away untimely at the, uh, at the age of 43, um, due to, I believe, the cause of death, if I'm not mistaken, was cardiac, cardiac arrhythmia. Um, sleep apnea is what he died apnea, from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, it was through, yeah, but it was through the cardiac arrhythmia, um, which is what happened. Um, yeah, but, I need to get a CPAP machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like what, like what uh, Chip just referred to a minute ago. Um, yeah. Reggie White Boulevard is... Uh, part it's right at the intersection of 20th and Carter Street, um, but he's he also has one um, uh, Reggie White. It's Reggie White Way, and it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, right off of Lombardi Avenue near Lambeau Field. We'll give um, a shit about that one. Yeah, we don't give a shit, but maybe, <laughs> but Do maybe people, Wisconsin. But maybe people who listen to maybe people who listen to this podcast in Wisconsin want to know. Come on, we gotta we gotta show everybody love here. <laughs> yeah um but yeah um do you guys want to just gloss over his time and dub in in professional wrestling or you want to <laughs> it says white appeared on screen at two professional wrestling events wrestling one match in april of 1995 he was ringside as part of the lawrence taylor all-stars for his match against bam bam bigelow at wrestlemania 9 i'm sorry wrestlemania 11 during the show he participated in one backstage segment with the All-Stars calling out the Million Dollar Corporation member King Kong Bundy. Before and during the actual match, the All-Stars and Million Dollar Corporation were involved in a scuffle in which White participated. In May of 1997, White actually wrestled his only professional wrestling match for WCW at Slamboree. He followed... Uh, he wrestled fellow NFL and LT All-Star teammate alumni Steve Mongo McMichael. The two men um, emulated football tackles during their bout. White received a warm response from the professional wrestling crowd in Charlotte, North Carolina, but nonetheless lost to McMichael after being hit with a steel Halliburton briefcase secretly given to him by Four Horsemen member Jeff Jarrett. So there you go. Not as exciting as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> it was WCW. Yeah, right. Still better than Rodman uh, Malone. I will say that. What? What? Never mind. I'm I'm fucking with you. Come on, stop. Ooh. Ooh. 
<laughs> how come y'all? How come? How how was it that Roger can say some shit? We laugh. Chip can say some shit. We laugh. I say something. It's like, whoa, hold the fuck up! Like, can I not joke too? Shit. We didn't uh, know you were joking. Though. I didn't know you was joking. I thought you yeah. were being like legit Serious. on that like, one. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, why do man, I always have to be the one serious? I, I like to I like to joke sometimes. Shit. We know you joke. <laughs> All right. But so yeah, way, I mean, like the tone you delivered it, though, it sounded like you was like being legit. I like, yeah, know. <laughs> so we want to go pause this real quick and have the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, I mean, oh, I, yeah. mean match, I mean, we will get to that match later. Anyway, uh, really? so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if we maybe if we do an episode on greatest celebrity wrestling matches, right? Well, Pat McAfee is the top two. Yeah, Pat McAfee wins. I mean, that's that, that's it. <laughs> Both his matches are up there. Both his matches, yeah. But anyway, no. Um, but yeah, man, Reggie Reggie White definitely one of, if not the greatest defensive uh, ends of all time. Definitely. I mean, if I'm starting a team. And I could pick any player from any decade anywhere. Oh, yeah, give me Reg, g- give me Reggie White. You know, I want him on that. I want him as my one of my defensive ends. Um, but nevertheless, we're going to move on from Reggie White uh, to another one, and this is at number six, running back Walter Payton um, from nineteen ninety seven to nineteen eighty seven. I'm sorry, yeah, from, from nineteen seventy five. Excuse me, to nineteen eighty seven. Played for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he was part of the 1993 class of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, one-time Super Bowl champion, one-time MVP, one-time Offensive Player of the Year, two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Year, uh, one-time Man of the Year, seven-time First Team All-Pro, one-time Second Team All-Pro, and nine Pro Bowls. The late Walter Payton, God rest his soul, has a legitimate argument to be placed multiple spots higher on the list. It seems almost criminal, therefore, to list him any lower than six. But quarterbacks are generally more historically remembered, and the quote-unquote greatest running back in NFL history is more iconic and is statistically comparable, even better in some cases on a per-game basis. If this were a ranking of the quote-unquote best rather than the greatest, NFL players of all time, Peyton would arguably be at the top of the list. His ranking here is still debatable and should be a credit to the ranking above the ranking those ranked above him rather than a knock against his legacy. Um, so if you look, if you actually look up Walter Peyton's um, statistics, let's see, hold on. And I mean, they, they literally give out the Walter Payton Man of the Year award every year because of him. Right, exactly. Um, now, I'll just go over just his NFL statistics. He has 16,726 rushing yards on 3,838 rushing attempts with an average yards per carry of 4.4, 110 rushing touchdowns. And here's another thing. He caught... 492 receptions for 4,538 yards. Uh, his average reception was 9 point. His average uh, reception yards was 9.2, and he had 15 receiving touchdowns in his career. Um, definitely one who, anytime you think of what, like you think of his elusiveness, you think of his 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 speed you think of you know the way he was able to maneuver in and out of the you know maneuver in and out of different you know coverages and be able to you know look down almost like he you know not necessarily a downhill runner but definitely one of those runners that 
you know, it's like he was so difficult to tackle because he 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 he's found a way to get get away from you. You know, um, he does have three current NFL records. Uh, one is consecutive regular season starts by a running back with 117. I'm sorry, 170. Uh, Peyton missed only one game in his career for a coach's for a coach's decision, despite being eligible. Um, most consecutive seasons leading the league in rushing attempts with four, and he he's actually tied there with Steve Van Buren. And games with 100 or more yards from scrimmage gained in a career with 108. So that being said, where do you guys see? Do you see Walter Payton being higher on this list? Do you see him right at six? Should he be lower? What do you guys think? Oh, he should be definitely in the top five. Uh, yeah. Oh, mm. For me, that one's that one's hard. That but but, see, but 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 this also goes back to the to the Emmett Smith argument. With Emmett Smith has the championships, but he also has better statistics than Walter Payton does. So Walter Payton did it by himself. Pretty much, yeah. But which, well, I don't know. Well, he did have the eighty-five Bears defense. Oh, so yeah. offensively, offensively, yeah. 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 I mean, Who was their quarterback Jim McMahon? Yeah, Jim oh, McMahon. he was decent. Oh, yeah, he was decent. Yeah, he had, he 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 had well William Refrigerator Perry blocking for him, or was he a defensive player? The fridge was. He was offense, wasn't he? Offensive lineman, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was offensive lineman. Yeah, or fullback actually. Was he a fullback? Didn't he carry the ball? I mean, if he did, it was probably on maybe a trick play or something, but I don't I don't know. But nevertheless. Oh, he was a defensive lineman. Oh, he was a defensive lineman? Yeah. Okay. I thought he was offensive lineman for whatever reason. Uh I did too. I, I could have I could have sworn that he played that he had it was probably a trick play. Po- yeah, possibly a trick play, sure. Um, so yeah, and Walter Payton was, uh, very good. He, in 1994, he made an appearance at SummerSlam, uh, and he was in the corner of Razor Ramon when Razor Ramon beat, uh, Diesel for the Intercontinental Championship. So there's another little wrestling piece of truth. Two, two entries in a row had something to do with pro wrestling. Um, but nevertheless, uh, Uh, all right, so you want to go to the next one on the list? I can't breathe. Yeah, all right, let's go. This, this These next five will probably be debatable, but here we go. <sighs> this, these are the ones that will be the biggest arguments, probably. Uh, all right, so number five, right number five on the list, uh, is Joe Montana, the best linebacker ever. Um, no. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but Joe Montana, obviously the uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and also for the Chiefs for two seasons, I believe. Um, but he was active from '79 to 1994. Uh, four-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Super Bowl MVP, a two-time MVP, a three-time first-team All-Pro, uh, two-time second-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2000. Uh, the original Joe Cool, uh, Joe Montana just exuded Hollywood style quarterback energy. 
synonymous with the peak of the San Francisco 49ers. Montana was the undisputed GOAT quarterback before a certain Patriots slash Buccaneer leveled up in the 2010s. Uh, from his name to his looks to his stats to nearly everything else about him, Montana has been the modern prototype for every hopeful signal caller and caller in the NFL and for good reason. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was on the unbeatable San Francisco for the honor team. Uh, he was obviously their the quarterback. They had an amazing team, offensively and defensively. Uh, but yeah, he was he was the 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 cool guy. Like he he was he had a lot of swag. Right. Well, that's why they called him Joe Cool. Such a weak nickname, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was his nickname. Uh. I, uh, a lot of people would arguably say he's the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, even though he has uh, what three less Super Bowls than Super Bowl wins than Tom Brady. Uh, they, I hear a lot of people in like the the football community that will say that Joe Montana is the greatest because he went to four, won four, and uh, no, never lost in the Super Bowl. So, but but see, but see, see, that's like the the Joe Montana, Tom Brady, goat debate is almost see <clears throat> that's like the whole thing with the whole Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate. Oh well, Jordan was six and zero in the final, six and zero in the finals, and LeBron's like four and six or whatever. And I don't so think maybe that like four and eleven, but no, it's four and six. In no, it's four and six. Yeah. yeah, in the finals, he's four and six. Four four championships, six exits, but in, in the finals. Um, but the thing about it is, though, is that I don't know if that comparison works when it comes to Joe Montana in terms of like because Brady's been to ten champion, been to ten Super Bowls and won seven of them. Um, Joe Montana's been to four championships and he's won every single one of them. If Brady's record was like three and seven, then yeah, I would still lean it toward Joe because well. He has more championships, um, but I mean, something said for seven championships. But we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that gentleman in a little bit. But when you think of Joe Montana, I mean, yeah, you think about those great 49er teams, and <clears throat> obvious. I mean, obviously, having the guy, in my opinion, who's one of the greatest players of all time. Um, in my opinion, I think he is the greatest player of all time. But having that guy at your wide receiver position, having that guy definitely uh, changed things around a lot. Um, now, Joe Montana did win a title before uh, Jerry Rice got there, if I'm not mistaken. I think he won a championship. Uh, let's see. Let me look. Um, he won a championship. Yeah, it was Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. I think he won two before Jerry Rice got there. No. Are you sure? Jerry Rice has three. Yeah, but does Jerry, Jerry Rice have one with um, Steve Young? Yeah, he's got one with Steve Young too. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. He wasn't on that. He wasn't on the '84 team that won the championship. Uh, he was on. Uh, Jerry Rice was on the uh, the '23, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. He was on the. He was on the '23. He was actually uh, Jerry Rice was actually MVP of that Super Bowl, but. But nevertheless, but now we're, but we're talking about the quarterback. Um, 
uh, ESPN actually named Montana the 25th greatest athlete of the 20th century. And in 2000, 2006, Sports Illustrated ranked him the number one clutch quarterback of all time. So there you go with that. Um, yeah, but that was – what do you say that was? 2000, uh, did you uh, say 2003? This, no, 2006. Okay, right, that's 15 years ago. <laughs> right. I'm just going by what I'm reading. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just saying that that list is a little outdated now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at just with Joe Montana statistics, I mean, uh, you know, three thousand four hundred and nine completions on five thousand three hundred and ninety-one attempts, a completion percentage of sixty-three point two. Uh touchdowns to interception ratio has only got two hundred and seventy-three touchdowns to one thirty-nine in interceptions. But man, them passing yards, four thousand. I'm sorry, forty thousand five hundred and fifty-one yards, and a and a passer rating of ninety-two point three. Um. So yeah, I mean, he was definitely. I mean, and obviously putting putting put in a position to win. Um, with uh, with the 49ers. and then and I I guess people and I guess having Bill Walsh as your head coach didn't hurt anything either. You know what I mean? Which a lot of people would say that um, it's always a toss up with some people. People, some people say that Bill Walsh is the greatest coach of all time. Some people say it's Belichick. Some people say it's Don Shula. Um, I guess it just depends. It depends on era and you know your bias uh, or whatever. The greatest coach is obviously Tom Brady. Well, <laughs> I'd say he's definitely the the greatest front office man. Right. That man continues as much as. Everybody loves to hate Tom Brady. That man uh, continuously takes pay cuts to keep championship teams together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So he's not stupid. <laughs> right. All right. So from that being said, we go from Joe Montana to the very next one. You got it, Chip. Yeah. Is is it me or is it you? <laughs> No, it's you. It's you, yeah. Uh, So from Joe Montana to number four on the list, running back Jim Brown. He was active from 1957 to 1965, and he played for the Cleveland Browns of all teams, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Right. That's when they were actually something. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, so Jim Brown career statistics. Uh, he's a one-time NFL champion, uh, three-time NFL MVP, uh, one-time NFL Rookie of the Year, eight-time first-team All-Pro, uh, one-time second-team All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler, eight-time NFL rushing yards leader, five-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader. He is a member of the 1960s All-Decade Team. He is a member of the 50th anniversary all-time team, the 75th anniversary all-time team, and the 100th anniversary all-time team. Uh, he is a recipient of the Burt Bell Award. Uh, he is in the Cleveland Browns Ring of Honor. Uh, his number 32 for the Cleveland Browns has been retired. Uh, he has a total of 12,312 rushing yards for 5.2 yards per carry and 106 rushing touchdowns. 
He has 262 receptions for 2,499 receiving yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. Or, I'm sorry, receiving touchdowns. Um, he is a member of the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he was honored at the 2020 College Football Playoff uh, National Championship as the greatest college football player of all time. Hmm. So, uh, Jim Brown marks the beginning of GOAT territory in this list. He and the three players ranked above him are the four greatest to ever play at their position all in a row. From here on out, we are dealing with absolutely undisputed top of the mountain Mount Rushmore prestige. So it should speak to the talent above Brown that as the greatest to ever play arguably the second most important role on an NFL team, he ranks at the bottom of this particular Mount Rushmore. What say you guys? Hmm. The second most important role on an NFL team is your running back. Well, I mean, is it the second most important? That's yes. what it is. That's what that's what the blurb said. I disagree. Uh, obviously, the quarterback's the number one position, but uh, you actually have to protect your center. Yeah, your your board. Well, this, I would, I would, yeah. Well, quarterback, your blindside tackle, whether it's your left tackle or your right tackle, needs to be there. And you gotta have an you gotta have a, def, a good strong defensive player, a good ed, at least a good edge rusher, Your maybe a linebacker. Needs to get the ball to the quarterback. Yeah, if you have a terrible center, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of uh, right. fumbled snaps. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> but aside from, are, are they talking about in terms of just like playmakers? Is that what he means by most important role or? Look, I, I I didn't write the blurb. I just read the blurb. <laughs> I'm, but I'm, that's, that's why. But that's also, why I'm asking. Hold on, but that's why it also says arguably the second yeah. most important role on an NFL team. Right. I kind of get where they're coming from because, as we know, when it comes to offense, if you have a run game, uh, then your quarterback is able to mm. pass the ball better because. Once you establish that run game, I mean, we see it with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, once you're able to establish that run game, then the defense doesn't really know, okay, are they going to run or are they going to pass? So I, I kind of see where it could be arguably the second most important role on an NFL team. Um, I would say, if, if we're going to say that, I, I would maybe reduce that from the team to the offense. Um, or skill position, I guess. Yeah, yeah. skill position. Yeah, because I would still say a good line should definitely. Well, I mean know. that's that's a whole group. They're talking about single player. That's why I said center. So, nevertheless, I mean, I mean, but uh, he was running. He was running at a time when I mean, again, this was back in the day when you know you had you know. Most guys were journeymen, and most guys, you know, had had to work other jobs to also to supplement income. Because also, when uh, there wasn't athletes, so right. I know. Also, when there weren't athletes, right? Which Jim Brown was, I guess, you know, 
Oh, he's definitely a, a man among boys at this point. You know. Yeah. So like, you ever <laughs> see those uh like those weird like cartoon skits where it's like they have show that one football player that looks like he's seventy five, like not seventy five, thirty five, playing against high school kids, and he's like right. just running and dragging them all down the field. Pretty much probably what it looked like back then. Yeah. Prob probably yeah, but you see they got Jim Brown ranked here at number four. Emmett Smith at 10, Walter Payton at 6. Would you guys rearrange them, or do you think Jim Brown's earned? Do you think Jim Brown is more reputation than player at this yeah. point? I mean, he only won one championship. Yeah, I mean. That's kind of weird I, to me. I, I would. Well, Walter Payton only won one as well. Um, yeah, but he played also an era where there was actual athletes and defensive players. Yeah. Right. Uh, but he also, but 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 Walter Payton also relied on that '85 Bears defense too. We say that, but he was still pretty. I mean, he probably could have carried that team, probably not to that many Super Bowls, but he still could have carried that team pretty well. Especially when you have, uh, I mean, McMahon, like I said, what we said was actually a decent quarterback too. Right. Right. Uh. Yeah, the, it, the the greatest running back of all time, it it, it could, I think it could flip flop. If you ask ten people, uh, you're probably going to get you know one of three names, uh, and then it would come down to you know who got the most. But it's it's going to be between Jim Brown, Walter Payton, and Emmitt Smith Peyton Hillis. every time. Oh my God, Peyton Hillis, really? <laughs> Hey, he made it on the cover of Madden. You didn't. So. Anyway. <laughs> what do you do after that? Hey, don't matter what you after. He made the cover of Madden. Shit. He <laughs> He's immortalized. Mad, he got hit with that Madden curse. I think everybody got hit with a Madden curse. Except for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, except, except Pat Mahomes, yeah. Pat Mahomes Drew was the only Brees. one. Did, was Drew Brees on the cover of Madden? Yep. What was so was uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Palomalu. Yeah, together at the same time, yeah. Yep. Well, just like this year, it's uh, Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady. Right. Yeah, you're, they're literally saying these are who's going to be uh, in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Again. Yep. Yeah, We're going to have a repeat, fellas. <laughs> I mean, we called Benny, that months uh, ago. Right. Drew Brees was on the cover of uh, 11 and 16, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, 11. Yeah, Madden 11. Or tw Madden 2011. Right. All right. Also, so, Michael Vick was on the cover. It he didn't get hit with no curse. Who? Not that year. Not the year mm -hmm. after Michael Vick. Yeah, it he took got a couple hit with more it. years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that they, that that would be an episode, the Madden Curse episode. Pretty right. interesting. I think it would be a pretty cool episode to talk about. Nevertheless, right. so um, would you guys say Jim Brown is the greatest running back of all time? I wouldn't. I wouldn't okay. either. Who would you put as the greatest? I don't. Uh, for me, it's a toss between Emmett Smith and uh, Walter Payton. Honestly, I think I think Emmett like beats him out statistically, but I think just off presence and leadership and things of that nature you would go with Walter Payton and plus you know I think Walter Payton I mean no, no and this is no shot to Emmett I think that Walter Payton was maybe more of a popular 
player in a sense from the standpoint of all those philanthropy and things that he did outside of the outside of football um you know maybe more of a leadership position because whenever you think of that dallas cowboys team troy aitman was the leader of that team you know but we but you can look at that bears team and even though it was led by their defense when you think of their offense when you, you think of the offense you thought of walter payton he was the leader of that offense um so I would lean if I had to if I mean, if you had a gun in my head right now I'd probably lean more toward Walter Payton. I'd probably say Walter Payton at 1 Emmett at 2 maybe Jim Brown at 3 maybe. Okay. Um, I'm still trying to think. Um uh hard to say who the greatest is in my opinion. Is there so many variables? Yeah, I, I think um, running backs running backs harder. I running think. back is a, is a little harder. Uh, I, as much as I hate to say this, I, I would I would say if we're going statistics alone, it's Emmett Smith, followed by Walter Payton, then Jim Brown. Um, I mean, you got to think Emmett Smith only missed fourteen games in his entire fifteen year career. Um. So there's that. He played until he was 35, a total of 226 games. He has three Super Bowl wins. Uh, He has a Super Bowl MVP. He has, shit, a lot. I mean, we just talked about it, you know. He's an offensive rookie, rookie of the year, a league MVP, uh, he holds the record for rushing yards, touchdowns, and uh, rushing attempts for his career. Uh, those are records that may never be broken. So, as much as I, I hate Emmett Smith and the Cowboys, I would have to put Emmett at one. So. Uh... I don't know. Like I said, this one's probably the hardest one for me. Yeah, it's it's very subjective. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's say I want to say I want to put Marshall Falk up there as number one for myself. But we always forget one guy whose career got cut super short when he was too dominant, and that's Bo Jackson too. Bo Jackson, that hip injury killed him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, not literally, but. I mean, he played three years. He was a long-time Pro Bowler, but he already had he had almost had thirteen thousand rushing yards and sixteen rushing touchdowns in three years. I mean, and I don't even think he finished out that third year, did he? I don't think so. Nah, I think he, I, no, I think he did finish it out the third year. Did he? Or maybe he missed maybe maybe one or two games or something like that. But I could have swore he finished it out. But anyway. All right, so we are entering our top three here. And the next one, number three on the list, is, in my opinion, one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Many people would say he is the greatest defensive player in the history of the game, and that is one LT, Mr. Lawrence Taylor, linebacker who played for the New York Giants 
his whole entire career from 1981 until 1993. He is a, a two-time Super Bowl champion and NFL MVP in the, uh, the year I was born, actually, 1986. Three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, uh, an NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 1981, eight-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, ten-time Pro Bowler, NFL Sack Leader. Uh, he was on the 1980s team. He was on the 75th anniversary team, the 100th uh, anniversary team. He was his uh, number 56 uh, jersey is retired by the New York Giants. Uh, he's also in the ring. Of, he's also in the Ring of Honor uh, from the New York Giants. He is Sporting News NFL Player uh, Player of the Year Award for 1986. Um, so many two-time NFC Player of the Year, two-time NFC Defensive Player of the Year, the part of the 100 Sack Club, Burt Bell Award winner. Um, in his in his entire career, he has 1,089 tackles um, with 142 sacks, with 56 forced fumbles, and nine interceptions. Um, so naturally, as only one of two defensive players to earn MVP honors and the only one to do so unanimously, Lawrence Taylor is popularly regarded as the greatest defensive player in the history of the NFL. As the saying goes, defense wins championships. So Taylor naturally can slide no lower than third on the list. He continues to trend he continues the trends of uh, a definitive goats at their position and only slides down to third because of the insane longevity of the two players that are ahead of him. A 12-year NFL career as the hardest hitter in football is no joke, though, and he has accolades to back up that claim. He brought modern love to a less glamorous side of football and for that alone, he belongs in the top three of this list. Um, how do you guys feel about Lawrence Taylor and him being considered the greatest defensive player of all time? Mm. I, I I love Lawrence Taylor. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, if we're talking just defense, it's hard to say he's the greatest of all time. I mean... Arguably, I could say Reggie White's a better defensive player. Yeah, but but something's got to be said about fifty-six forced fumbles. I mean, I mean that something's got to be said in his right. I mean, I mean, how many of those was cocaine induced? I was just gonna say (laughs) he broke he broke (laughs) he broke Joe Theismann's leg on cocaine. I mean, he did create pretty much the need for a blind side. Yeah, uh, yes. blocker. Yeah, they actually talked about it in the movie The Blind Side. Um, um, it, it was the the doc the uh, the adaptation. Uh, there you go. Um, of uh, the 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 story of Michael Orr and how he went from being homeless on the street to, uh, you know, going up, going playing football, going to uh, Ole Miss, and then eventually going to the NFL. Um, and it talked about how. The first thing they talk about in the movie is how, you know, a coked up Lawrence Taylor broke Joe Theismann's leg, and it's still to this day one of the cringiest shit, some of the most cringiest things you'll ever see. Um, and it says right here, where I'm looking at his statistics, it says unofficial statistics, Sachs did not become an official statistic until 1982. However, this number is slated on Taylor's Pro Football Hall of Fame bio and is considered to be accurate. 
So there you go. And I think it's talking about the asterisk in the 1981 season because he had 9.5 sacks his rookie year. Um, and uh, his best year, was, it was obviously his MVP year in 1986, where he had 20.5 sacks, uh, which at the time was an NFL record. So, Okay, so how many forced fumbles did you say um, – 56, I think. 56. Okay. I'm sure there are players who have more. Um, Well, that's what I was... It looks like the only person close is Robert Mathis with 54. Oh, wow. That's what I was trying to see. uh, If anybody had more forced fumbles than Lawrence Taylor. Shit. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to uh, uh, number two on the list. Uh, And number two on the list is Jerry Rice himself. Uh, Played from 1985 to 2004. So he played 19 years. Close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Played for the 49ers, the Raiders, and the Seahawks. Uh, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, a one-time Super Bowl MVP, a one-time MVP, ten-time first-team All-Pro, uh, one-time second-team All-Pro, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, uh, 13-time uh, Pro Bowler, the all-time leader in touchdowns at 208, receiving touchdowns 197, uh, receptions at 1,549 yards, uh, in consecutive one plus reception games, uh, two seventy four. Uh, he was also inducted into the Hall of Fame in two thousand ten. What do you guys have to say about old Jerry Rice? Uh, I I, I would say he's right where he should be. I I would I would say he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. I will second that. Yes, absolutely. Um. I I say no. No, I'm joking. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I was gonna. I was fixing to ask who would you put above him at receiver. At receiver, yeah. Uh, uh, I swear to God, if you say his name, I will boot you. <laughs> Eric uh, Eric Decker. That's better than what I going to say. Uh, the guy that helped Peyton Manning reach that uh, touchdown in a season record. I thought that was uh, Mary Thomas and Eric Decker, the ones and two. Okay, yeah, yeah, and also uh, Julius Thomas. Before that's what I was going to say, Julius Thomas. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, the tight end. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm too great for this team. Let me go somewhere else. Okay, you went to Jacksonville and your career died. That's where everybody. That's what happened. Not everybody's now. It used to be Cleveland, so. But yeah, well, uh, but no. Uh, greatest receiver is Travis Kelsey. We already know this. Technically not a receiver, but I give it to you. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but in all reality, yeah, it really is Jerry Rice. It, like hands down. Yeah, he has all the records. Yeah, and the fact that he did it, 
I mean, some people is like, oh, well, you did it with Joe Montana. Like, yeah, also, he also did it with Steve Young. And he also went to another Super Bowl with Rich Gannon. You know, the only thing is with that Raiders team that went, they ended up in 2002, uh, they ran into that 2002 uh, Buccaneers defense. Um, you know, which was, I still think it's underrated. I don't think people show it as much love as they show the 2000 Ravens defense. Um, but that's a different story. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I I personally think Jerry Rice is the greatest. Uh, because because here's the thing, like I think when we when we think about like the records and the statistics that he has, and then you think about the records that he set, like unless somebody starts their career now, okay, and I mean receiving touchdowns is 197. That's the record. You would have to get like 20 touchdowns a year for 10 years to break this record. You know, receptions. You'd have to get at least 100 receptions over the course of a 15 or 16-year career to match that. You know, all-time all time touchdowns, you would literally have to get, you know, in a span of, I'm just paraphrasing, like a 20-year career, get 10 touchdowns for, for the next 20 years you know, at wet wide receiver, you know, the problem is in today's NFL, you know, you don't, they don't throw it to just one guy as their go-to guy. Now there's, they, they, they share the, the ball around a whole lot more like, Oh, Oh, you're double teaming Travis Kelsey. That's cool. Tyreek go long. You know, it, that, that that's just the way that it is now. Um, I mean, shit, you got a triple team Travis Kelsey, not to get him to catch the ball. Right, and even then, he might still catch the ball because he's just a fucking beast. I mean, he's just bigger than everybody, so it's hard yeah. to <laughs> right it's hard to outreach him uh, height wise. But he's also fast for a tight end. He is right. He has, he has that um, elusive. He like he's not going to like literally outpace you for too long. But within ten fifteen yards, he's going to outrun you. But but think about but think about this also. I mean, Jerry Rice. I mean, he wasn't really that big of a guy. I mean, he was 6'2", 200. We had massive you know. hands. Yeah, he had, he had those massive hands. He had, you know, he, um, he you know, he, he, you know, he did track and field in high school and uh, college, you know, so he was definitely uh, the pride of Mississippi Valley State University. Um, he was also so, a bricklayer with his dad. Right. That's how he learned how to catch, he said. <laughs> right. His dad would throw bricks to him when he was on the roof. And he'd catch him one-handed. And I taught his hands to just grab everything. Yeah. I was like, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, you yeah. catching bricks? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, like, like what you just said, like he holds he holds the records for receptions. Um, it says his, his, his 22,895 career receiving yards is 5,403 yards ahead of the second-place holder, which is Larry Fitzgerald. And this is at the conclusion of the 2020 season. Yeah, uh, it's not happening. Yeah, his no. his 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 197 career touchdown receptions are 41 scores more than the second place record of 156, which is by Randy Moss, and his 208 total touchdowns as 197 197 receiving and 10 rushing and one fumble recovery is still 33 ahead of Emmett Smith at 175. He also threw a touchdown pass against the Atlanta Falcons in a 1995 regular season uh, game and his 
1,256 career points scored makes him the highest scoring non-kicker in NFL history. During a uh, career spanning over two decades, Rice averaged 75.6 receiving yards a game. Like, bruh. <laughs> like, statistically, just based on just touchdowns, receptions, you know, yards. I mean, I mean, I don't know if he has the uh, a, a yak uh, record. I mean, I'm pretty sure yards after catch can be looked up. I'm sure that's no problem. Um, but... 1995, he had 1,848 yards uh, receiving and 122 receptions. Like, that's insane. I can give you all-purpose yards, um, but it doesn't say whether it's yak or not. Uh, yeah, yak, yeah, yards after yet. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it, right. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't show anything. No, I, I it, all so purpose, but Jerry yeah. Rice has the most all purpose yards uh, for his career with twenty three thousand five hundred and forty six. That includes receiving, rushing, and passing. Right. So lost a couple kick returns too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It was also runner-up on Dancing with the Stars. So, there you go. <laughs> a little that. tidbit there for you pop culture people out there. Yay. <laughs> All right. So, that being said, uh, we are down to the nitty-gritty. We are down to the number one who ClutchPoints.com has stated is the greatest player in NFL history. Um, Who's got this one? Chip, you got it? Yep, yeah. it's, that's me. Uh, So... Um, this man played for the New England Patriots from 2000 to 2019 and currently plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He is a seven-time Super Bowl champion, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP, a two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year. He is also the 2009 Comeback Player of the Year, three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, a 14-time Pro Bowler, a four-time NFL passing touchdowns leader, a three-time NFL passing yards leader, a two-time NFL passer rating leader. He is a one-time NFL completion percentage leader. He is a member of the 2000s All-Decade team. He was unanimously elected to the NFL 2010s All-Decade team. He was also unanimously elected to the NFL 100th anniversary team. He is a member of the Burt Bell Award recipients. Uh, he's uh, 2007's AP Male Athlete of the Year, 2005 Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. He's a five-time AFC Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's also a 1997 national champion. He holds the NFL record for most career wins, most career touchdown passes, most career passer rate or passing attempts. Uh, he is tied for the longest touchdown pass at 99 yards. He also has the best touchdown to interception ratio in a single season with 28 touchdowns to two interceptions. If you guys haven't figured it out by now, the only player we haven't talked about that could even be considered the greatest NFL player of all time is the one and only Tom Brady himself. 
his NFL career statistics as of 2021, he has 10,598 passing attempts for a with 6,788 passing completions for a completion percentage of 64%. His touchdown to interception ratio is ungodly phenomenal. Uh, 581 touchdowns, 191 interceptions. He has 79,204 passer passing yards for a passer rating of 97.3. He also has 1,043 rushing yards and 25 touchdowns for a gentleman that is known only as a pocket passer. Um, so if you were wondering where... Tom Brady was on the list, wonder no longer. He was already named the NFL one to the NFL 100 in 2019, but after smashing the massively favored Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl, what is that, 50? 50. Right? Yeah. On his first try with a brand new team, he has silenced all questions about his individual greatness. Belichick was great in New England as well and was vital to Tom Brady's growth, but all questions have been answered. Tom Brady can rightfully claim the title of greatest NFL player of all time. Agree or disagree, gentlemen? Yay or nay? I mean, we have to agree at this point. Yeah, I mean, seven championships, seven seven Super Bowl championships, especially in a year, and Let's let's just just for the sake of argument, let's look at all those championships that he won. The seven championships, like who did he beat? When you look when you look at the two when you look at two thousand and one, uh, let's see. You know they beat the they beat the greatest show on turf. They beat the Rams in two thousand and one. Correct. Uh, thanks to Adam Vinatieri, I'll go ahead and say it, Roger, because I know you want to. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Two thousand and three. Yeah, 2003, they beat the Carolina Panthers Correct. Um, who? in the Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers, don't be disrespectful. What team, uh, what, who was on that team? Uh, Steven Davison, Chris Jenkins, Mike Rutger. Um, Jake DeLome was the quarterback. Uh, Jordan who? Brooks was on that team. Not Jake DeLome. Yeah, Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome was the uh, quarterback. Wasn't it Matt? No. You talk. No. Wait, you, 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 we're talking about the 2003 Carolina Panthers, correct? Yeah, yeah. They had Jake DeLome. They had Stephen Davis. They had uh, Deshaun Foster. Uh, they had He Hate Me. Uh, they had uh, Musa Muhammad, Ricky Prohl, Steve Smith. Uh, Jordan Gross was on that team. Jeff Mitchell was on that team. Julius Peppers was on that team. Mike Rucker was on that team. Um, uh, Ger- Gerard Cooper was on that team. Deion Grant was on that team. Ricky Manning. Uh, Reggie Howard, uh, Travis Tillman. So yeah, they, they had some good players that were on, that were on that team that he beat. Um, you know, and also you had also on that team with uh, Tom Brady was Rodney Harrison, Ty Log, Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi on that defense. Um, and then you look at 2004. Um, they beat the Eagles. They beat the Eagles. Uh, that coached, that was. Oh no, the Eagles coached by Andy Reid. Yes, Andy yeah. Reid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was, I mean, Tom Brady, Corey Dillon won a championship with him. Larry Izzo finally got a championship. Um, 
that was one where they didn't have to go for a last second field goal. Um, they, he, they, I mean, the field goal was kicked, but it was still, they still had plenty of time in the game. Um, and then you jump to 2000, like he, he did, he, he goes from a, a stretch, like 2007 was good, 2000, like he, like they went to the Super Bowl in 2007, lost to the Giants, went to the Super Bowl in 2010, lost to the Giants, and then went to the Super Bowl in 2014 where they beat the Seahawks when Malcolm Butler made that incredible um, play in the end zone. That pass interference? Uh, I don't I, I don't think it was pass interference, to be honest with you. He hit the player before the ball got there. But that's jamming. At, but wouldn't that be considered a jam, though, because it's inside nope. five yards? Nope, because it's in the end zone. Okay. Um, yep. So, and then, But then you got 2016, which was that, the comeback that everybody talks about against the Atlanta Falcons um, coming back from 28 to three and just what the Falcons <laughs> literally just had to run the ball. The Falcons. Yeah. All they had to do was run the ball. The Falcons choked so bad in that game. Um, and then there's 2018, which was that God awful Super Bowl against the Rams. Um, oh, and they beat the shit out of the Rams. I mean, uh, defensively, yeah. Defensively, the they did, yeah. I mean, I mean they, they only they held you know, they, they they held that team to three points. Yeah, but know. they only scored thirteen. So yeah, not yeah. even one two, of the, not even two touchdowns. And not only right. that, I mean, like that that final score was like, meh. It wasn't really right. It was pretty much like they were they, the Rams already had, were defeated at that point mentally. Yeah, so they just gave right. it up. And then you got obviously the one that they won this past year uh, where they molly walked. They molly walked the Chiefs. You skipped, you skipped a Super Bowl. Did I skip a Super Bowl? No, no. Yeah, Twenty eight lost. No, I, I talked about the Rams. Oh, oh where yeah, they lost I, a big dick Nick. Oh yeah, twenty seventeen. Oh, yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> lost a big dick Nick. That's right. Oh, we'll take that you. away from that man. <laughs> I'm not taking it away from him. Uh, but yeah, Tampa. Yeah, but yeah, with Tampa beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs thirty-one to nine. Um, was that just the, the, the non-existent cool. offensive line? Uh, uh, caveats for everything, really? Okay, but anyway, it's it's so, Roger. Yes, yes. So I want to make sure go. everybody knows the story. Okay, cool. Um, uh, so, but by in winning, the regular season, I was going to say, but, but by winning Super Bowl Fifty, Tom Brady made the Buccaneers. One of only two NFL teams to be completely undefeated in the Super Bowl, and that's being the Baltimore Ravens and now the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right. I mean, but there's only four teams who have never played in a Super Bowl. Um, oh, they can't the be undefeated in the Super Bowl then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, see, smart. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but nevertheless, though, I mean, you look at Tom Brady's statistics um, in terms of his the, his records, um, you know, 23, I'm sorry, uh, 230 wins to 69 losses as a starter. You know, his passing, I mean, 581 touchdowns to only 191 interceptions. In the playoffs alone, he is 34 and 11. He has a completion percentage of 62.7. He has thrown 12,449 yards um, with a touchdown to interception ratio of 83 to 38, quarterback rating of 90.4. So it's kind of hard to argue his. 
I mean, even the Super Bowls that he played, forget about in the in the ten Super Bowls that he played, you know, one he won three he won uh seven of them and he lost three. But even in the three that he lost, the one that they he lost uh against uh New England uh, not New England, Philadelphia, he threw five hundred and five yards, you know. So he statistically had an amazing, like the, like, and, but see, we, we talk about the, the Seahawks game uh, when he won. He was 37 of 50, 74% completion percentage, 328 yards, four touchdowns to two interceptions, um, but he had a passer rating of 101.1. So, I mean, he, he's got like I mean, career records, regular season and playoffs combined. Most games won by a quarterback. Most games played by a quarterback. Most games started by a quarterback. Most games played by a skill position player. Uh, most combined passing yards. Uh, most combined touchdown passes. Most game-winning drives. Most fourth-quarter comebacks. Most NFL championships by a player. Most championships in pro football history by a player. Uh, you know, so it's – it's hard to argue against Tom Brady being the greatest player of all time. Um, but here's where I would kind of make the case for Jerry Rice. So Brady currently is sitting at 79,204 passing yards, correct? Yep. He's sitting at 581 passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. There are players in the game right now who could eventually, in my opinion, provided that they live long enough or their career lasts long enough, barring injury or anything like that, they could possibly pass those records eventually. And it would take a very rare breed of skill player, especially at the wide receiver position, to do what Jerry Rice did. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Like where like 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 for, like for me personally, I think which do we all agree with Tom Brady being number 1 simply based on just championships and MVPs and things of that nature and having records and Leaving a team where everybody believed, oh this is Bill Belichick's system. This is the Patriot way. This is, you know, Tom Brady, you know, is everything that Bill Belichick, you know, says he or whatever. And then Brady leaves and then wins a championship without Bill Belichick. And then you have to come to the realization, maybe Tom Brady wasn't a system quarterback. Maybe Tom Brady was actually the system, you know. And trust me, I've seen this man destroy my Dolphins year after year after year, you know. If we're lucky in a late game in Miami at a pro player stadium or hard rock field or whatever it was called, what it was called. Now um, we would get lucky and at least to have a, have get a victory. You know, I, mean, I still remember the Miami miracle game, um, you know, being, being one, but okay. so uh, real quick talent, you were talking about somebody passing Tom Brady for most receiving yards or a most, passing yards correct yeah ev- uh, yeah eventually okay I mean, so, I'm, I'm, I'm so sure drew, no one's close drew Brees so. is actually the the number one with eighty thousand three hundred and fifty eight. uh okay 
Tom Brady is going to obviously pass that. The next closest active player is Ben Roethlisberger with sixty thousand three forty eight. Um, I don't see see I don't see Ben Roethlisberger playing. Like I got a feeling this year, if if not this year, next year is going to be Ben's last year. I think. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, and that's the the closest active player. Then you have it goes Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Philip Rivers, Dan Marino, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, John Elway, Aaron Rodgers, Warren Moon, uh, Frank Takerton or Tarkenton, uh, Carson Palmer, Vinny Testaverde, Matt Stafford, Drew Bledsoe, Dan Fouts, Joe Flacco, and Kerry Collins. Um. So Kerry Collins mentioned, I ain't heard that name in a minute. <laughs> uh, Kerry Collins has 40,922 passing yards to his credit. Um, now I, I, I can say, I will give you a caveat here that if Patrick Mahomes stays healthy and plays for a lengthy career, he could possibly overtake that number one spot. But, you know, yeah. But I think a champion that the championships have definitely have to be there because, I mean, again, like we said, champion seven championships. You know, um, and the thing about I mean, and, and, and I know some people will be like, well, you really can't count championships because it's a team sport and one person can't do it without the other, and they need the defense and they need the blah blah blah. Yeah, that's true, but you know. We let let's be honest. It's the NFL. Everyone's gonna give credit to the quarterback, regardless of you know what the team does. The quarterback is the one that gets all the credit because that's the you know that's the the, the 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 star the star position or whatever. Right. But so now that we went through the entire list of the fifty greatest players in NFL history according to ClutchPoints.com, would you? Let's just go with our top five of just the players that we have listed, talked about tonight. If you could pick your top five, who would you pick? Greatest of all time. Uh, I, obviously, for me, it's Tom Brady, Jerry Rice, uh, Reggie White, Emmett Smith, and then... Um, Lawrence Taylor. For me, I would say Jerry Rice, Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Walter Payton. Uh, I'm about to go Tom Brady, Jerry Rice, uh, then probably Reggie White, uh, LT, and then Joe Montana. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been it. And uh, after three hours, we have finally figured out the greatest uh, players of all time. That being said, though, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode and the previous two episodes. We hope you guys have enjoyed us discussing the greatest NFL players in the history. Um, so next week is it. It's our uh, third season of Are You Ready for Some Football coming at you, and we will be uh, bringing you guys live discussion. Um <laughs> 
should be pretty fun should be interesting um but again like we said thank you guys for tuning in to this episode today uh anything you guys want to say before we bounce out of here tonight uh, as always, please check out movementradio.us. It is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Uh, we're, I, I know I've said this before, but we're 100% getting ready to release new merch. Uh, you'll be able to get uh, water bottles, coffee cups, uh, cell phone cases, all kinds of stuff like that um, here in the very near future. Uh, hopefully going to have all of that live for you within the next month. Absolutely. Uh, Rod, you got anything? Um, as always, thank you to uh, Anchor, providing us this platform, obviously. Uh, thank you to the listeners. We are about to hit, uh, hopefully by the point this is released, we actually hit it, but we're just a little bit away from uh, 16,000 total listens, uh, or plays, downloads, whatever it wants to go by. Uh and um uh, still trying by the end of the year to get to twenty thousand. Um do we want to talk about what we were just planning on or wait for the next one? Uh actually we can go ahead and talk about it. We're planning on giving uh doing a giveaway. We haven't quite figured out what merch we're gonna give away yet. Uh but we'll probably do it for uh what do you guys say, three or four, maybe five uh random listeners. I think, five. Five. I think yeah, yeah, five's a nice round number. Uh, and, and it'll it'll be you know different items. Uh, you may get a shirt, you may get a coffee mug, you you may look up and get a hoodie. Uh, you know we haven't quite figured out all the logistics of that, um, but we will have that ironed out very soon. Right, exactly. Um, a couple of quick shout outs before we get out of here tonight. Shout out to my good buddy Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training, $40 a session. You can't beat it. Boxing, cardio, um, strength and conditioning, even some yoga. Uh, check him out on Facebook at Thompson Personal Training. Um, make sure you check out uh, Chronic Conversations with our good friends Jerry and Jennifer. They got a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Uh, our good buddies Andrew and Sean over at the Warrior Workout Network. Go check out their content. Twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon. Our good buddy Ivan Montanez. Go check out his uh, Twitch channel. And once again, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We love you guys. This is the season finale of Something About Sports. We will be back next season right after Are You Ready for Some Football is done after our Super Bowl recap. And uh, we look forward to this upcoming NFL season. Hope you guys look forward to it too. And we will see you guys next week on Are You Ready for Some Football Week 1. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.